Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, two-time defending ATV motocross national champion, Cody Jensen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 61 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, our Briarcliff season finale preview show presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase today at shop.csttires.com. As promised, we're going to go over all the storylines you need to know about heading into the finale on this episode. We'll cover all the points battles to watch on race day, records that may be broken, and much more, and I think this will really help you enjoy the racing to its fullest potential. None other than Rip It Up Films himself, Gloop Mayhe, will join us shortly to share his opinions and ensure we preview all the topics that you need to know. In the second segment block, Briarcliff owner Jeremy Osborne himself will stop by. It's been seven years since Briarcliff hosted their first and only ATV National, and as an ATV enthusiast himself, Jeremy will tell us about their journey to earn another opportunity, everything that he has planned to make this event extra special, the ladies of ATV motocross, and more. You won't want to miss that conversation, especially if you're heading to Ohio. Finally, we'll conclude this episode with Nick Janusa's right-hand man, Mike Daniele, to cover topics ranging from Nick Janusa's season to what's at stake at Briarcliff and drumroll, please, motocross-friendly life insurance. Yeah, you heard that right. I perked up the first time I heard it as well, and you will too. So stay tuned for that conversation about integrated financial concepts, safe-to-race and safe-to-ride program later in the episode. Major thanks to our sponsors who are all on board with us tonight. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmer is amazing, and they have brand new industry-leading products that just hit the market as well. Full disclosure, the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped is my secret to keeping a perfect beard. This new electric trimmer is so nice that I've only been using it on my facial hair. Shh. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. By accessing Rocky Mountain from our specific link, we get a percentage of that and we both know you need parts and gear. So this is the easiest way to help us out. Just use our link instead of the standard Rocky Mountain link and you're supporting Digging Deep, which we greatly appreciate. No matter what offer or gear parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. So before you buy, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out in a major way. And again, we can't thank you enough for that. We have one new donor to shout out this week. Shout out to Holly Trimble and the Trimble family. Holly, Dave, India, and Talon. This is a ATV racing family through and through. Uh, a staple of the ATV Nationals. They so graciously sent over a donation to support what we're doing here at Digging Deep, which I'm forever 
we're grateful for. And as we continue to grow and expand, the hope is that riders like India and Talon will benefit from the added coverage that we are bringing to the world of ATV motocross. So thanks so very much to Holly Trimble and the Trimble family. For anyone else who's interested, you can find the Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee donation links on our website. Again, for anybody else that is interested in donating, thanks so much, guys. One last note before we dig into another great episode here. This can count as our Impact Solutions Impact moment this week. We were just at Loretta Lynn's for the penultimate round of the 2021 season. And since we left, since our last episode was released, actually, tragedy struck. This past Saturday, August 21st, the small community of Waverly awakened to severe weather, which before day's end would result in more than 17 inches of rainfall. This unprecedented event led to a tragic day for the citizens of Waverly, marked by severe flooding that left a path of death, injury, and destruction unwitnessed before in the history of Central Tennessee. In a matter of hours, the lives of every resident of the community of Waverly would be adversely impacted, with more than 20 deaths and an equal number of residents still missing. Each summer over the past 40 years, Waverly has been a welcoming host to the sport of motocross, and hundreds of its local residents have worked at the event in nearly every capacity possible, from track crew to flaggers, waste management, security, parking and welcome center, and many, many more positions. For three generations of racers and their families, for a couple of weeks each summer, Loretta Lynn's Ranch became something like a second home for many of us, a special place where childhood dreams came true. Now, as the citizens of Waverly face the greatest challenges of their lives and seek to find the formula for the recovery of their community, our community of motocross and off-road racers has the opportunity to repay the kindness and support that the Waverly community has shown to us for nearly a half century, a place where memories are made, dreams come to reality, and a community comes together, it's time that we come together for them. You may have heard of Racers for Waverly, and Racers for Waverly will benefit members of the Waverly community as a whole, including local residents who have been actively engaged with the event. For more information on how you can help, head over to roadtorecovery.com now. Now, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, pumped to get this guy back on to talk a little ATV motocross. You watch his videos each and every week, and he spends more time around the sports top riders than just about anybody else. Brought to you by our friends at Rocky Mountain ATV MC, your one-stop shop for parts, gear, and everything in between to make your ride the best ride. Click the Rocky Mountain ATV MC banner on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com today for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. Rip It Up Films himself. Say hello to Mr. Gloop Mayhe. Gloop, what's up, man? Welcome back. It's been a minute. Yeah, thanks for having me on again, and uh, I'm excited for this last round. I'm glad you had me on before uh, we head there. It's, we haven't been there in a while, so it's going to be a cool show. Yeah, I wanted to do a preview show just to um, just to touch on all the storylines so everybody knew kind of what to watch for at the finale there. It's been such an exciting season. And, man, last time we talked to you, 
it was right before and after Daytona. We had you on the preview and the, and the review show for Daytona, which seems like so long ago at this point, feels like so much has changed. Honestly, I know Chad won the opener there, but Joel was going so fast. He looked damn near unstoppable on the new Yamaha, Nick Janusa and Wesley Wolf were uh, the two other guys on the podium there that joined Chad on the podium at the opener. And like I said, it feels like a lifetime ago, particularly with how things have gone since then. I joked on the last episode that uh, you'd think we'd have a handle on it by now, but there's really no predicting these races at this point, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, like that third spot's always up for grabs. And uh, I think it's been, I mean, it's really exciting to see that you really don't know who's going to take that spot. Obviously, I'm not taking away second and first from anyone, but mm-hmm. we always had Thomas would, you know, we knew somehow he's going to squeeze in there. So, right. Exactly. Uh, and, and it's, it's, I mean, you always have those trolls on the internet or whatever, but I truly believe this has been like the most unpredictable season that we've seen in ATV motocross, maybe as long as like you've been shooting, I don't know, you tell me, but, uh, just the fact that we go to the races, not knowing exactly what's going to happen every weekend, whether it's that battle for first and second, that battle for that third podium spot and, and so on and so forth all the way back. Uh, it's been, it's been as unpredictable as I can remember it ever being. Yeah, I, you don't really, we don't really know what's going to happen each race. It's kind of, it is exciting and, it, and you're right. Like there hasn't been a season in a long time that there's a lot, you know, like you don't know. There's really no way to predict it at this point. You know, we know the top two, those guys, they get out ahead and, you know, we know they're going to be somewhere unless mistakes are made, but that third spot is really like, it's exciting to watch this year. Exactly. Uh, Pal, I really appreciate you making some time for us, especially on, on uh, short notice. You were a late addition. Um, but I, I know the reason why I probably don't ask you to come on, like on the reviews too often is I know how slammed you are after the races, just after some of the conversations you and I have had over the years from all the shooting at the track to all the editing, the, the highlight videos you do for the series, the TV show stuff in years past, the, the ride, of course, that you do with Rip It Up Films, all your customer work and more. Uh, I can't even imagine, I've, but I've always wanted to ask how you manage all that and, and all that goes into it. So uh, why don't you take me through the whole spiel? What is your life like following a race weekend? It has to be about as crazy as life gets. Uh, usually I'm pretty exhausted on Monday, <laughs> the solo drive home. Um, I've been yep. taking Ian, my Ian house, my other shooter this year. Uh, he doesn't drive much, but at least I have someone to ride with yet. He rode with me a couple rounds, but, okay. uh, exhausted on Monday, sit there and I put, uh, now about six or seven cards worth of footage on a computer. Usually, usually ends up being about 400, 400 to 600 gigs of footage okay. and then I organize it and it's no joke. It's easily five to eight hours of just organizing. And the reason I do that is so I can go back in at any time and someone can say, I want this from this round of this year and I can go in and grab it. And it just helps me later on in life when, you know, Yamaha needs something or one of these bigger companies needs some random stuff from years ago. So as, okay. it's funny. I was actually looking at uh, Briarcliff today, 2014, and I'm like, wow, I, I still organize pretty much the same way and I could find any rider I wanted to. So I thought that was pretty cool. So anyways, organizing, that's the first thing I do. Tuesday, I try to kind of just like not do too much on Monday. Editing wise, I do a couple of the raw videos for the guys I do stuff with. Um, try to keep the social media stuff 
like something out right away, you know, just something easy to make a GoPro video or whole shots or stuff for this series just to have something up. Yep. Um, Tuesday is the highlight show for this, the series. Yep. So I do that. Uh, don't like in years past, I put a lot of time into it. And then as soon as I put a lot of time into something, it doesn't get the views that you want. So you're disappointed. <laughs> okay. So now it's more about showing the race, the highlights of the race and more, more just showing what happened and kind of, you know, leave the, all the good stuff for the TV show. Okay. Um, Wednesday. It's, it's informative. It's a, it's a true highlight video is what it is. Yeah. And it, you only have so much. Usually it's a song. You go by the song length. So three to five minutes. Okay. Um, I will finish that up decently. I'm usually by like three. So mm -hmm. I, I start, I try to start working at eight to nine, but okay. Uh, I try to get that finished, uh, get that, that uploaded on four different pages, make the Instagram reel for it, push, push that out, just try to get something out right away. Yep. Used to be in years past, I would do that on Wednesday, but I've been trying to deliver stuff a lot faster um, the last couple of years. Okay. Wednesday, uh, I start the ride. The ride takes a good, good, like, a good amount of time. I do a lot of like color corrections, nothing crazy, but um music music has really been a battle for the last couple of years of just trying to find something good that's not going to get flagged on facebook or youtube so right. i can sit there for hours finding like what us like basically picturing what i'm going to make in my head off the song so find the song make the ride and then i have to send uh all the little clips to all the riders so they can promote it and help promote it as well Mm -hmm. how does that work with the the music loop does it have to be independent i've always wondered that how does that work so all right so you go get a britney spears song okay um you at all people right uh <laughs> <laughs> you get a britney spears song you put it on your video you make this edit you love it and then you go and post it and it's not available to view with that music mm -hmm. so i try to stick away from that and pick uh uncopyright music from certain uh, websites, certain pages of uh, YouTube channels and try to find uh, something that either like for the ride purposes, something that's different, new or something no one's ever heard uh, for riders, like specific rider videos. I try to kind of base it off their personality or, you know, if a kid likes country or you like rock or I try to stay away from the country. It's actually one of the hardest <laughs> styles of genres of music to edit with, but uh, sure. Honestly, picking music is a pain in the butt. It takes a little, it's very time consuming. And then I have, I guess I don't want to tell all my secrets, but I have a list, about five lists of every song I've ever used. Okay. So in any video I've ever made, so I can try not to replicate something I've done in the past. Like I don't want to use the same songs over um, and kind of just kind of stale it out, get, make it boring. So I, see. I try to be different with everything I do. And, uh, if I pick a song, I'll put it into YouTube and I'll see if it flags it like okay. without making the edit. And that's where you, you're like, okay, I found the perfect song. Can't wait to start this video. And then boom, it's flagged and it'll show uh, this song's not playable and it have a list of countries or whatever. Or Facebook will just 
it says partially muted. I don't know what that means, but sometimes it plays for me. It doesn't play for others. So basically I try to work my way around that and find uncopyright music. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's interesting uh, to hear all that. I've always wondered how all that works. I know as a, as a video guy, like you are, you have all kinds of hoops. You got to jump through with stuff like that. So I've always, uh, always wondered that. And I wanted to know, I knew how crazy your schedule was after the race weekends, obviously with all the work you have to do kind of wanted to hear about that. It <laughs> is cool. There's still more too. <laughs> Oh, okay. Keep, keep going. Keep <laughs> oh, going. Thursday. I start on all the uh, personal edits that I've been, I years past. I didn't offer them because I was full time with MX sports and I really, really focused on just the pro stuff. Okay. Um, now with not being full time, I have a little bit of extra time. I get not really extra time, but I can, you know, someone says they want a video. I don't really I advertise it, but I'll, you know, make a personal editor, raw video, rider spotlight. You got a little that's, more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually Thursdays. And depending on, how many I do those? I'm that's all day. That's till eight, nine at night sometimes. Okay. Um, leftover stuff that I didn't get done, I finish on Friday. But usually I start TV shows on Friday, and then the, the three races Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I try to work on TV shows before we get back on the road and go to the next Jeez. event. If it's in every other round, so so thankfully a week uh, uh, a schedule like we have like right now in between races, you have that extra week in there. That has to be so nice. Yeah, I t- I've taken, uh, like yesterday, I just kind of caught up on stuff around the house with doing other, working on stuff. I made a, a personal video, but uh, I try to, like, if I have that, the, this extra week, I try to, like, kind of not try to think about a lot of it and try to get a little reset. So, obviously, oh. owning a home is a whole different world, and you always have something to do, and I'm catching up on this and getting stuff <laughs> ready for that, so cleaned out my whole van, washed everything I own in the garage. So yeah, it's just always a lot really. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's for your own like personal well being. It just feels good to, to tidy up those things and get some of that stuff checked off the list. Uh, but as far as ATV motocross stuff goes, um, obviously like, I feel like I need to thank you on behalf of everybody, uh, in the sport. Cause you do so much for it. I don't know what ATV motocross would be like as far as coverage goes and video coverage and all that stuff, uh, without you. I mean, you're, you're the, the mogul at this point. Uh, so it, that's awesome we appreciate everything you do obviously um but it's it's crazy to think about your schedule like that everything you do for atb motocross is amazing and i kind of wanted to talk about uh or at least i guess i didn't even have this on my list of topics but i i meant to reach out to you a number of times this season because i've thought at least especially recently recently with the last few rounds that we've went over um the ride has been like better than ever, in my opinion. I mean, your Thank coverage, you. that your coverage, the way you're editing it, like all the stuff, uh, it's just, it's just so cool. Um, your ride, like everybody in the sport waits for Wednesday for the ride to come out. So, so even being at the races, you catch more things watching the ride, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's definitely so, time consuming. I know. Well, you can tell, you can tell that it's time consuming with how, uh, how good the product is. Um, okay. So, so as I said, at the opening, uh, you spend more time around these riders than, than just about anybody. So I'd love to ask you about some of the topics from these last nine rounds of pro class racing, starting with the fact that Joel Hetrick was so dominant early. Are you surprised that Chad was able to step up his game, uh, basically like again, like he's always seemed to be able to do and able to ward off the furious charge that Joel had mounted in the middle of the season. Because at one point he had completely erased his 20 ish point deficit that he found himself after the opener. 
Yeah, um, it doesn't, obviously it's Chad, it doesn't surprise me, but he found another gear in a couple of these rounds. So, you know, uh, specifically in Adilla, where usually, you know, Joel's gone. You know, his hard pack, it's wide open. And mm-hmm. that that was definitely impressive ride for Chad with, you know, obviously in my head, and he might not agree, but he's, he's a rough, he, really, he likes the rough tracks, he likes the sand, he likes the rollers. So, right. yep. um, obviously I expect him to do well at those style tracks. But to see him uh, basically just get out of get out front fast at Unadilla was pretty impressive. And uh, like I said, I think they the team and him have just found something else. Uh, more power, more training, all that type of stuff that adds up until you know one puzzle or one pie. You know, all the pieces need to be put together. But uh, he's definitely found it. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see. Uh, you know, Joel was on such a furious run at some point um, early in the season. You know, he strung a number of race wins together. I think at least three in a row, and and kind of made up some ground. And then Chad was able to counter. And what stood out to me was how good Joel was at the opener. Like he he at Daytona. I mean, we saw Joel seemed like faster than ever and. Chad just found a way to, to counter and it, it made it fun to watch down the stretch. So I wanted to uh, at least touch on that because we haven't talked to you in so many months now at this point in the season, whole, whole landscape of the season had changed in that time. The, one of the other things that we were talking about coming into the season uh, was Bryce Ford. He was a topic of conversation, obviously, but we, we touched on him basically challenging for moto and race wins. Uh, that's something that we kind of queued up in the off season. And I think a lot of people thought that he may be able to run with those front two um, as, as the 2021 season played out here. So we haven't necessarily seen him do that. He's, he's uh, grabbed a number of podiums. Obviously he's been impressive. He's third in points right now with probably pretty good odds to, you know, to earn that spot after Briarcliff as the, as the season ending points would go, he'd be the top three guy, but did you expect more this season? And I don't mean that in a critical way, just uh, did he live up to, to all the hype that we were, you know, kind of preaching in the off season? I don't think he didn't. Uh, live up to the hype. I think it's it's Bryce Ford. He's really fast. Um, a lot of these guys, um, they just they have to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. They have to be consistent. They have to minimize the mistakes. And I honestly think that Chad and Joel have just upped the game so much that that gap looks so much bigger now with you know this third through six guys. So yep. when you watch the battles for third, fourth, fifth, sixth, like all year long. They're intense. It's they're flying, but those two those two guys are still something something clicked again, which you wouldn't think is they're getting even faster. Yeah, no, I I one hundred percent agree that those two guys just grabbed another gear, and and that's what it is. But Bryce himself. You know, he's always had the crazy speed. Now, to me, he looks like he's got a little more maturity. Uh, even at these last two races, you know, he dealt with getting tangled up in the in the first corner of the second moto at Redbud. He takes a digger in the second moto at Loretta's. And in both of those situations, he was able to overcome that and still stretch his points lead a little bit for that three spot. By that, like to me, you can see that he is maturing. Like he's turning into a true professional to be able to deal with those you know, those hurdles, that adversity and still stretch that lead. Um, I mean, I think he did like, even if that gap maybe, you know, is what it is, but it still looks like he grabbed another gear, took another step forward in 2021. I think there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. He's definitely matured for sure. And it, it takes, it doesn't, it could take 
some of these guys it could take two three years because they just it's hard to minimize the mistakes at that speed that you're going you know it's not you know a lot of these guys are used to going in pro-am and kind of you're only really racing those top guys they're only racing with three guys usually you know exactly. the, the, the pack spreads out so quick so um you know at the beginning of the year we were at decker training facility and he's like what, what do i need to do and i'm like you just gotta you gotta minimize the mistakes and stay consistent that's what it's all about you could win a championship in pretty much anything i mean I, it's gonna sound dumb because you know those top two are there but you could get fourth places all year and almost anything and win a championship mm-hmm. so not saying he's a fourth place rider but like consistency is super key in you know yes. any kind of motorsport or any kind of racing in general Yep. Yep. You're 100% right. Uh, talking about another guy that's been consistent. It's been so much fun to see Jeffrey Rastrelli become a week in and week out podium contender again in 2021. Uh, I think he's another guy that you're close with as well. And, um, you know, if I would have told you a few months ago that he'd podium twice and he'd have five top fives going into the finale here. Uh, would you have said, you know, like that was too low, like that was being too modest. That was just right. Or like maybe that was unrealistically, you know, like too many if we would have been predicting back then, because we haven't seen this Jeffrey in a few years. So if I would have told you that this is the season he would have, and, and you know, he's within shouting distance, like if he, he goes out and has a really strong uh, finale, he could be the top three guy um, was just wondering if you would have thought right now, if we would have teleported you here from, you know, six months ago, if you would have thought that was realistic uh, kind of expected, or if it would have been a surprise, the, the season that Jeffrey's put together. I think with, like we said before, with that third spot open, um, I think, I personally would expect him to do a lot better, but that's just him. Like that's me. And that's, you know, there's mistakes. Like, you know, something breaks, something happens here. And he just seems to not have the best luck when it comes. It's either it's hit or miss. It's black or white with him. There's no in between and and something happens. So um, obviously I always remember like, again, watching 2014 footage of, of Jeffrey, he rips, you know I mean? There's no doubt about it. So I think that just, new machine getting used to something it's kind of a really big step that people don't really you know think about they always just say, oh you moved the yamaha you don't live a honda whatever you know trolls right. on the internet but uh-huh. that's a it's a whole new machine for that team um mo- you know motor builder everything so uh well i guess what, what i'm saying is i expected a little bit better but again like bad luck you know some of the stuff is just straight up bad luck Right. But he has put together a really good season, especially down the stretch here. Like his starts have been good. He's been in the right at that front mix this whole time. And you're right. I mean, the points would probably look a little different had he not dealt with those little uh, little issues that he kind of did, whether it was the flat tire at Loretta's he's dealt with things here and there, but I feel like his fitness fitness is better than ever. And he's literally doing every single thing that he can to put himself in position. Um, he's leaving no stone unturned and it's, it's just awesome to see the best version of Jeffrey back in 2021. Cause like I said, it's been a little while. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, you can clearly see that Jeffrey's trimmed, trimmed down a lot. Yes. Yeah. He's more fit. Obviously Jeffrey always, since I've known him is always busting, butt. you know, going riding bike, going and running and stuff. I think he's also like a late starter. So like, and it takes a little while to like build that groove coming in through the season. Yeah. To get warmed up. And it kind of also depends where these guys end up staying at. If he, 
goes back and forth to home and gets to train or if he stays somewhere, like all these little things I think are a factor. It's crazy. Like there are, you're right. There's so many factors. What we see at the races is really only a very small percentage of their program. There's so much behind the scenes. Like you said, new machine, where are you training travel time? Are you dealing with an injury? Are you dealing with a sickness? All these things. Um, there's so much more than what we see just at the races, even just driving them camper home exactly <laughs> all the way to florida from where we're you know most of the races are located you know that all kind of adds up i mean it could be tied for two days i i mean i know i'm tired <laughs> but i'm not a professional athlete but right there is a lot that goes into it and uh like i said late starter for me in my opinion uh usually he picks up and he just stays up there in, the, in that top and we've seen that and, and we've seen that him getting, getting kind of hot here down the stretch. If it wasn't for him dealing with a few things, uh, I think him and Bryce would be just about tied. Um, but he finds himself eight points down, but it's just awesome to see him just back to being the Jeffrey that we kind of know and, and, and love. I, I love to see that Wesley Wolf gloop, uh, two podium finishes this season. If I would have told you that before Daytona, would you have believed me? Because, uh, he had never podiumed. Uh, up till that point, remember. So uh, if I told you Wesley Wolf would grab two podiums in 2021, what would you have thought? So I guess I have a little bit of advantage on that because I was staying in the same, you know, same, same places, Wesley. So I sure. saw, yeah. I saw him get on his woods bike and ride, you know, in the rain and go and train when everyone's hiding inside and they all have, you know, hoodies on and they're all bundled up and Wesley's out there just putting in the work and, I haven't been around Wesley like most of my career of this. And uh, it was cool to see like he just he does put in the work. And uh, did I expect it? I expected a third at most, like just because. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, there, like I said, anything was up for grabs for half of these guys. So like just to think. It could have been how many, what, six guys that have that opportunity for third or, mm -hmm. you know, to push up to that top, those top or spot, or sorry, those top spots. So, uh, but he's been impressed. Like he impressed me. I mean, he, he took a step that I don't know that I necessarily thought like maybe, you know, he's always been kind of right there. I mean, he's been a fourth place guy at times and stuff over the years, but being on that JH, you know, bike, it just seemed like he, he took, uh, uh, a further step than I expected. And I wanted to be able to give him some credit. I know, you know, we've been giving him credit on these episodes, but man, he's, he was impressive. And I know before the injury that we saw at Loretta's like he, I mean, there's a full on plan in the off season to do even more than, than this season. And if that's the case, those guys better watch out. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, like I said, he puts in the work. Um, he's, He's not really one to sit around too. He's not, you know, I don't really ever see him just hanging out. So, I mean, other than night at night when we eat dinner and stuff, but yeah, I mean, he's always moving, doing something, helping work on the track down there. So um, did, like you, like the question you said was, you know, did I expect it? Maybe not so much. And I don't want to hurt any feelings, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I didn't think it was out of the, you know, out of the question. Well, I think more than anything, it's a credit to him. Like he was able to take a major jump at, you know, being a number of years into his, you know, pro career, which isn't always the case that you're able to do that. Uh, that makes it almost more impressive than anything. And like I said, I think that if, if he can grab another gear, like there's guys that whether it's our sport, other sports, business sense, whatever, like we all know those people that it's like, 
I don't, I wouldn't bet against that guy, you know, like, like that person is just going to make it happen. And he seems like he has that quality to me. I guess I also forget how young he is too. So he's got the time, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, uh, it, it takes years for some of these guys to get to where they are. You know, it's not instant. Everyone sees a guy and probably I'm always going to go up here and do this and this, he's going to win, but usually, usually never happens like that. Mm-hmm. Well, in the, in the dirt bike, uh, we've said this so many times, but on the dirt bike side of things, when you go pro you're racing, it would be like if that second half of the pack was all in pro-am and that was the lights class and they were all growing together. Well, no, you just get in ATV motocross. You get thrown to the wolves at, you know, at 17 or 18 or 19 or whatever your age is. But you know, you, you know, you're not going to go challenge for a win or a podium most likely, or even a top five, you're going to be mid pack and you're, but you're out there with Chad Wienan and Joel Hetrick and you know, whoever, um, it, that is a, a tough pill to swallow for one. And it takes a lot of growth and it takes some thick skin to be able to go out there and not be worried about getting in anybody's way and, and not being uh, beaten down by racing the fastest ATV riders in the world. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's a big step. Like it's a not, uh, you know, people want to pretend pro-am is there. It's not, it's really not. It's a different pace. Especially, especially now, it feels like, uh, for whatever reason, Pro-Am just isn't what it used to be. Um, okay, so what about uh, Nick Janusa, another guy that I know you're close with? If I would have told you after Daytona that Janusa wouldn't get another podium with the caveat that there's one race you know, that still remains, you'd never believe me, right? Because uh, he got that podium at, at Daytona, but man, he looked so good. And I'm not I'm not shitting on the season that he's had. I mean, he's been, you know, consistent. He's dealt with some stuff like that uh, engine blowing up at, at Unadilla. He's dealt with some stuff, but he's been consistent as he's always been. But man, at Daytona, like he, you would have thought he was the clear cut uh, number three guy. Like he was going to be the closest guy to that front group. I know Nick expects huge things of himself. And I think that like we saw at Sunset Ridge, what he does when he gets a start, he can easily be. Uh, the podium guy in a moto and overall, if you can put two starts together, but man, I, I would have expected a few more podiums out of him this season. Again, not shitting on him. I'm a big fan. And, and I know that uh, he's a big proponent and a big uh, supporter of what you do, what I do, whatever. Um, but man, I just would have expected a few more podiums out of him. That's for sure. Especially after what he showed us at Daytona. Yeah, I, I honestly, uh, expected more from Nick, but also I know the, uh, the other side of things is the outside life of racing. He's, you know, he's building the house, he's doing this, he's constantly moving. He's always, I get, you know, all the things to build in the house. I don't even really know because I'm <laughs> never built a house, but all, all the sure. things that go into that, that kind of take you away from focusing on racing. Obviously he rides a lot on his track. Um, I think it starts are like the biggest problem for, for a yeah. long time. It's, um, He's going to kill me for saying this, but he picks very strange spots. I think knowing that if you're not the big, you don't have the big horsepower that say Chad has, like you got to pick a safer spot out of those gates to, mm-hmm. to not go out and get wet. He's always an inside line guy. So he picks the inside and then he gets like basically closed out. And then he starts from second to last half these times. And he, I don't see anyone battle or pass anyone, anyone more than Nick Janusa. Like, like you said, if he just starts up front and gets a better hole shot, and I don't know, it's not maybe not motor or whatever, but it's just mm-hmm. it 
when he starts out front, he's going to stay up towards those guys a lot, a lot better than, you know, those bad starts. Oh, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, very rarely do you ever see him get past. He's always the one that makes, you know, he passes from like near 10th to fourth or fifth in a moto. Like it happens almost every moto. Um, but if he could just get those starts, like I said, we've seen what happens uh, when he gets those starts. So maybe he can, maybe he can finish the year off with a podium at Briarcliff. That would leave a good taste in his mouth and that would help him in the points as well. Uh, so if I said most improved pro gloop, uh, who comes to mind the quickest? I feel like everyone knows the answer to this question, Max. Uh, most improved pro in, in my opinion, because it's his first year. So, you know, to be up there with those guys already when everyone at the beginning of the season wants to doubt any rider, no matter who they are, if they're the, the pro rookie, um, it it's really cool to see. He's a very good kid. He's a very good rider. Uh, and it's awesome to see someone that's so humble, so passionate about this sport, be up there right off the bat, battling with all these guys and, in, in my opinion, most improved pro for sure. It's amazing to see, like you see the podium pictures that you guys post and stuff and you see, you know, Joel and Chad, two legends, they'll go down as legendary ATV motocross riders. And then you see Max and just, you see the 17 year old kid and it's just incredible, but you watch him on the racetrack and he, he clearly belongs there. And right now he's got probably more confidence than anybody in the class. So I guess, uh, where, so two years from now, where do you see Max Lindquist? Cause I think no matter who, who it is at the time, I'm sure Joel will still be around. Chad could very well be around. There's a lot of guys that are going to be in the mix, Bryce and Brandon Hogue. And, um, you know, guys that have been there for a long time, Jeffrey, Shelley, Nick Janusa, however, however long those guys stay. But man, I, I think two years from now, Max could be battling for race wins. Like there's no doubt in my mind. I think. Yeah. He's, I mean, Mr. Consistent, like he, he, doesn't fade he stays where he's at and he's just consistent so to say that he's going to be up there in two years yeah he is like he's going to be the top three you know maybe in two years we're going to say there's six guys that can be up in that top three you know we never know so mm -hmm. i don't i definitely kind of expect that out of him um he's going to mature obviously I always forget again how young some of these guys are you i know, know. you never think you're talking to a 17 year old when you talk to max so a high school uh, kid I'll yeah yeah, high school kid. It's crazy. Yeah. And he, he's definitely, uh, he's on the right path for sure. He could be a, a great candidate to be kind of the face of the sport going forward. How about the, what's your opinion on the sleepy big news that, I mean, Chad has basically made it clear that Max is the future of Wien and motorsports. Uh, whenever Chad decides to hang it up, what's your opinion on that? Uh, I don't, in terms of what, what do you like? What I don't know. It's just, I guess Chad almost struck me as a guy that, you know, he'll win. However, you know, he'll win all these races. He'll win however many championships he ends up having when he's done. And then maybe he rides off and maybe isn't at the races anymore or whatever, but he doesn't necessarily make it sound that way. It sounds yes. like he's going to, he's going to roll out a team and Max will lead that team. Uh, what's your opinion on that? I think it's cool. Like, I love the fact, I mean, yeah. we love having Jeremiah at the races and other legend. I mean, when Shane hit shows up or, I mean, any of those guys, like we'd love to have those legends at the track. So to think that Chad may continue on at our races 
in a managerial role. Like, I think that's awesome. Just wanted to know your opinion on that. Cause, cause Chad kind of slipped that in on the podium. One of these last two weeks, I think that, that was red bud, right? R- right. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to make sure we covered it here and I don't think we did enough of that in the last two episodes. Yeah. I think that'll be awesome. And I think we'll see, you know, and we're always just, it, who, who knows what we'll see, but um, right. we could see that Chad's a mechanic, you know, Chad's the manager and mechanic, you know, he's helping, uh-huh. he might not be doing everything, but he's saying, Hey, uh, maybe you'll take our two to your two bikes home this weekend. I'll prep them. I'll get them ready. Here's your practice bike. Don't worry about it. Take a little bit of stress off the family. And we, we might see that, or we might see Max. And maybe if Chad keeps the team going, he adds, he adds a rider. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I mean, maybe he creates this, this little farm system, right. Of what he did with max. He might do it with another rider going forward. I just think it's a, it's a really cool thing for the sport. Um, okay. So let's focus more on the, the finale specifically now. Uh, so with a, a 22 point gap and just two motors remaining, unless something unprecedented and, and wildly unexpected happens, Chad Wienan's going to win his eighth title next weekend at Briarcliff which would tie Gary Denton's record that he set back in 1994. Just like we asked Casey on last week's episode, uh, what would Chad tying that record mean to you, Gloop? I think it, I mean, that record's huge. It's a massive record. Like, did anyone probably think that that someone else would get that amount of wins? You know, that amount of championships? I don't think so. So, and that's awesome. That's a huge achievement, probably I mean, there's no better achievement than obviously it's not, he's going to go, he has to go another year, you know, <laughs> try to beat it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that'll be cool to see. And, uh, I, it means to me is that, it, I mean, it's awesome. Like it just, you know, a lot of people, uh, that quit or behind the scenes, they want to say this sport's dying. And what do you think? What, what can we do to do this? And the numbers are up, you know, like exactly. Can't, yep. It might not look to you. That in 2007, when you're at a race, it looked bigger. It might just look bigger because you're younger mm-hmm. and you don't remember or you're a younger kid. And You glorify it. You glorify yeah. it when it's a past memory. Exactly. Yeah, it's like everyone talking about WPSA. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, it was big. But it, if we bought, brought those numbers and that amount of people and all that now, is it the same thing? We don't. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that you're exactly right. I mean, I, I reposted um, – your highlight video from Briarcliff 2014 yesterday. And there's people commenting on it saying, you know, the glory days. And and I wish that the battles were like, like they were then like wishing they were now, like they were then. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, look at the awesome racing we've had all year long. Like, I feel like it's better now, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And that's why I kind of wanted to get your opinion on the Gary Denton thing, because 10 years ago, you would have never thought that somebody would get close. That's there, yeah, no you, way you would have never thought now here we are. And, and Chad is on the, you know, is on the cusp of tying this thing. And yes, like the sport is different than it was, you know, 20 years ago when or 30 years ago, almost 25 years ago when uh, Gary Denton was, you know, racking up all these titles, but the fact that we had, and this is the same thing I said to Casey, we had all the names of all the legendary guys from Gus to Farr to Jeremiah to all the guys, Creamer, Natalie, all the guys that we've seen over the course of the last, you know, 20, 25 years. 
And none of them got even close to winning that many titles. And Chad's going to, you know, he's at seven. He could very well be at eight by the time, you know, Briarcliff ends. It just is a testament to what Chad has done. Now, people want to say, well, you know, there's not, there's not nearly as much talent out there and whatever. Well, that that's not the case. And um, you got, people have to remember that like they were, they were like, not factory teams or whatever, when Gary was racing either like that era came after. So back then it's very similar. I feel like to now where you had outside, you know, you had sponsors and, uh, you know, companies and people funding these teams, but there was no big factory efforts. I feel like it's very comparable. And the fact that we didn't see anybody, there's tons of legendary guys that will go down in, you know, as in folklore of, of ATV motocross, that never even got close to this and Chad Weenan did. And the fact that he's still doing it uh, is crazy, but I wanted to get your opinion. Cause you always have these people that basically, uh, you know, laugh at the fact that, you know, it's not like it used to be when I just don't think that's true. Yeah. And a lot of people now, and no one wants to give anyone credit anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they always want an excuse for everything and it's sad. And there's a lot of guys that quit and that I really respected. And I see them the stuff they post online. I'm like, what? But, were you even at the race? Like, what are you talking about? You know, like a lot of the, some of those guys that in you know, names aside, they just like, they just want to hate on it. And it's like, all right, then come back and race. Like you still, you're still in good enough shape to race, like do it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a huge accomplishment. Like there's no, yeah, there might've been more pros in the classes previous years, but were those top or were those back eight you know, were they, did they even really matter if we kind of cut those guys out? Exactly. That we have now. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. The other thing too, is each of these years, uh, Chad Weenan has basically been locked in some gnarly dual drop down, drag out war with Joel Hetrick. Like he had to overcome one for sure, not even arguably for sure. One of the fastest ever. Like he'll go down as being thought of like Jeremiah, like he's so naturally talented, was ready to do it right. As soon as he got on a big bike, all these things like Chad had to deal with him every year. So for people to try to sell it as it was easy or that, you know, he wasn't racing any crazy competition. Like there was tons of legendary guys that were still in there, particularly in the earlier years of this, you know, eight seven now possibly eight title run he also had to deal with joel hetrick every year like these people that that's the way they sell it they don't even make it doesn't even make sense if people remember it's not like chad was this pro-am rider that you were you knew was going to move up and okay he's just going to win no he worked for that you know like he really did change he was a lot bigger guy you know he mm-hmm. rode different machinery and he's he's definitely earned it. And for people to take credit away from stuff, it's just like, come on, man. Like just, (laughs) that's why, that's why it's so awesome. And I know I've talked myself blue in the face on this stuff. Uh, that's why we, that's why I started digging deep was, um, I felt like, you know, in, in, in American culture or whatever, or maybe in sports in general, you build people up. And then when they get to the top, you, we all tear them down. You, you, you want to see them fail. Like that's just how it works. I don't know why, but that's how it works. Well, Chad Weenan went from being uh, a 10th place pro goes home, dedicates himself, remakes himself, gets you know, comes out swinging on a privateer bike, slays it, earns a factory ride. And then there's 
there's a, there's a five year window even after that. So he's been uh, proven that he can win, but he can never put it together. Didn't even win tons of overalls, nothing like that because he might crash or he'd break the bike in half or whatever. Like that's who Chad Wienan was. He gets on the Yamaha in 2012, figures it out, wins all these races, six since then 60 plus races. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing what he's done, but to think that would be like, that would be like a Cody Ford or maybe not even because Cody Ford's, you know, farther up than that. That would be, you know, a 10th place guy just figuring it out next year. He comes out, wins some races. And then over the next course of the, a few years that followed that he figures it out to the point that he's winning title after title after title. Nobody has a story like Chad Wienan does. And I just, I do think that that's special. And sometimes I feel like he doesn't get probably the credit that he deserves. Oh, for sure. And that's just, that's anything anymore. Like it's just the way of the internet, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. really the internet wasn't as big. So no one had a voice then. (laughs) Now everyone's voice to them matters to me. It doesn't, but (laughs) people really want to take away credit from pretty much anything nowadays. So yeah, I mean, you can't take that accomplishment, that accomplishment away from anyone. That's what everybody does, right? They, they get online and they comment on stuff and beat it down or whatever, but they never have any, like, there's no constructive criticism. Like that's not, they don't tell you what to do to make something better. They just say, Oh, oh yeah, it's course. not, it's not what it used to be or it sucks. Like that's, yeah, the, yeah, this sport's going downhill, but I have nothing to fix it. No, you know, no examples on how we can make it better, but yeah. And like, and like you is. said, and like you said, I uh, should have not let that that thought go without touching on it because the numbers are increasing. The classes are stacked. There's tons of young talent coming up through the classes. Like the pro class in five years might be, you know, way gnarlier than it is now because some of that talent coming up is wild. I mean, I, this is the first, I think it's the first year I really spent filming 50 riders just in general. Some of the guys (laughs) I work with. Yeah. And it's just like, Holy crap. You know, like, this is how you're on. You're riding now on a 50 at what six to eight years old. You know, right. it, it, like you said, it's stacked, and it, these guys are going to work them their way up, and it's just going to keep getting better and better. And I think that people need to just, even though you quit or you're not in the racing anymore, either look at it, enjoy it, and take it, take it as it is, or just get out of here. It hate on it and take your phone type up what you want to type up and delete it like if that's what makes you feel better at the end of the day like Mm -hmm. and that's just the way the internet nowadays everyone wants to uh, everyone everyone thinks their opinion matters and realistically no it doesn't sorry (laughs) it doesn't matter all the time you'd think that these past people would want the sport to live on so that their legacy you know lives on a little more but it doesn't always seem like that's the case so i don't really uh really understand the motive there um okay exactly let's uh get to the next question here regarding the finale then so bryce ford is is eight points up on jeffrey australia for the third spot uh, that coveted third spot in the series point standings. Does Jeffrey put on the ride of his life? He may need to win um, to surely solidify that top three spot. Or does Bryce kind of solidify himself as the newest member of the big three in ATV motocross by earning third in points? He would essentially, you know, kind of fill that void left by Thomas Brown um, and his departure there. But what, what do you see happening? Does what's more likely does Jeffrey go out, put on the ride of his life and uh, secure that top three spot? Or does, does kind of Bryce hold him off and solidify himself as the newest member of the top three? It's a very hard question. I, again, I think anything can go. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Who do you think is the better hard packed rider? You know, we're going to hard pack track. In your opinion, who do you think shines more in hard pack in general out of those two? Man, I don't know because I, you know, Jeffrey has said to us and said to me that he does better on hard pack for whatever reason. Yep. Um, if it wasn't last year, exactly. If it wasn't for the, if it wasn't eight points, like eight seems like a lot to me. Uh, just years ago, by the way, sorry. Okay. But (laughs) eight, eight seems like a lot to me just because there's not that many points that differentiates that group. You know, that group is so tight, but man, Jeffrey starts have been good. Like, man, I'd love to see him do it. I just feel like eight points might be too much to overcome. That's why I said like his only guarantee, cause I don't even know if second would be enough. You know, if he could go two two, he could, it'd be close. Um, but man, he might have to come out and win a moto or something to, to guarantee it. Like, I think that eight points might just be too much to overcome. Those guys are so stacked. Like we've seen them. I mean, you're filming these things like Bryce and Jeffrey have been nip and tuck especially the second part of the year here, they've been bumper to bumper. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think Briarcliff is going to be really, really good, like a really good round. I have a, like a lot of people have a lot going yes. on there, you know, a lot, of, lot to put on the line. So, well, everybody, I mean, everybody, not to, not to cut you off there, Gloop, uh, but everybody in what we call the tier two in the fantasy purposes, but that group from like third to sixth or seventh, everybody, I guess, with the exception of Hogue is racing for something because Jeffrey and, and Bryce Ford are battling for the top three spot. Janus is trying to hold off max for the top five and all of them want to podium. So yeah. uh, that grouping is going to be must watch when it comes to your videos uh, in, in the racing we're going to see at Briarcliff. So continue with that point, but I just wanted to touch on all of those guys are racing for something. Yeah. And one bad moto could change that whole grouping up. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine a DNF, you know, a DNF can take a ton of points from you fast. Yeah. So yep. I think it's going to be awesome. I'm actually really excited to go to Briarcliff um, just because we haven't been there. So, or, I mean, since what, seven years ago. Yeah. Seven years ago. Yeah. And I feel like I like those hard pack. Like it just seems like an ATV track, um, hard packed. I feel like just makes good for ATV racing. Like, I feel like we see good racing on that style of racetrack. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like that's going to be the the perfect host to, uh, the finale and exciting finale for sure. Uh, okay. So Nick Janusa, we kind of just touched on this, but I'll get your thoughts on this. So Nick Janusa just moved up into the top five in points, uh, this past round. And, uh, he's finally up in the top five. He's been in the top five every single year, um, you know, of his professional career here, but here comes Max Lindquist. He's only two points back now after consecutive podium finishes. So, uh, whoever beats the other at Briarcliff, could very well mean that that's the person that's going to get the top five spot. So who, if you had to lean one way or the other, I know obviously this is tough, but if you had to lean <laughs> one way or the other, we asked Casey the same thing. Who would you, who would you lean towards red hot Max Linquist or the always steady Nick Janusa, who's literally always every single year, put it in the top five. I can't imagine him not being in the top five, but I also couldn't have imagined Max going back to back podiums in the last two races. It's going to be like this one. I have no idea what's going to happen with this. Yeah. One. I mean, obviously no idea. How do you, how do you pick between two people you like, you know what I mean? You're I going to hurt someone's feelings either way. I know. I know. Um, honestly, I think, I think Nick's going to put it all on the line here. And I, I think, think so uh, I think he'll be that, he'll be that one step ahead. 
when it comes to the overall. So the thing with those two guys too, is it's, it's almost extra hard to predict because both of them haven't always been the best starters this season. So how do you predict that? It might be whoever gets a better start, you know? Do you even, uh, is the start the same as it was in 2014 or do you, so, I don't even know anything about the layout. So the listeners are going to hear a little more, um, coming up. We're going to have, uh, Jeremy Osborne, the okay. owner of Briarcliff coming up on the show here, but a little spoiler, uh, basically there's only one jump or one section that's in the same spot that it was seven years ago. Okay. The, the starts different. Most of the track is backwards from the last time we were there. So I know a lot of listeners have ridden the track, you know, they, they probably know more than you and I do, but the track is wildly different than the last time the series raced there. Yeah. I think I've seen a couple of comments of people saying, wow, it's crazy how that track looked, you know? Yeah. I saw that too. I don't I know s- where I saw it, but I saw it somewhere, maybe on your stuff, but, uh, Maybe Nick make a little bit better uh, hole shot or uh, gate pick. <laughs> you know, don't go all the way inside. You know, trying to out horsepower these big horsepower guys. Right. Um, but yeah, it could it could be it could be as well. I mean, all in the hole shot, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nick might just have to come and ask you, Gloop. You're you're out there scoping the gates for him. <laughs> uh, okay, let's talk about a few hypotheticals and some other stuff before we get out of here. So we got uh, Zach Decker. We already know he's kind of confirmed in the last couple of races here that he plans to go pro in 2022. This is a topic we covered a little bit in, in previous episodes. Uh, where do you think he's going to stack up next year. Like who do you imagine him battling with when he does make the jump to the pro class? He's been uh, racing Bryce pretty hard at some of these recent races in the pro-am class. So where do you see uh, Zach Decker, you know, kind of stacking up when he does make the jump to pro? I'd put him in this, this mix of guys we have right now, the guys that, you know, that I guess we say the third through six or whatever, I'd easily put him in there again, first year pro, jitters uh minimize mistakes be consistent worry about consistency more than speed you know we don't want he reminds me of uh gibson when he right actually style wise they always get like he looks like nick he he looks like nick moser in the air like for some reason he rides like nick moser he's the little guy little like like, you know little yeah little guy he's kind of crouched over the front end of the bike Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. Yep. And then again, for some reason, it reminds me of Gibson, just, you know, wild ballistic, ba- you know, back ends bouncing around, but he's keeping it in a straight line. Yep. So um, with minimizing mistakes, being consistent, I see him up in that group. Um, it might take half the year or it might mm-hmm. take two rounds. I don't know. So, I mean, that's going to be really cool to see. I hope we don't have anyone uh, retire. So we have a bigger pro class by then just, Agreed. you know, add that extra guy. Maybe another guy is going to come up or something, but um for sure see him up there mixing it up with those guys being that he can could keep up with linquist and he Mm -hmm. keeps up with bryce so that's what i'm basing that on so it's going to be definitely interesting for him yeah for sure i think it is going to be it's going to be really fun to watch yeah i was just going to touch on that so we saw we saw him battling with bryce this year in pro-am and, and mixing it up some pretty great racing, uh, recently in that class. And then, yeah, like we saw him and max battle it out last year. I think the one thing is just going to be, if he can stay consistent, you know, as long as he cannot get, you know, in over his head, uh, not like push it to the very, very limit, 
He can't do that, but if he can stay consistent and keep that thing on all four, he'll be just fine. So that's going to be uh, another great addition to the pro class. Another uh, possible addition, um, my sources are telling me that there's a good chance that Alan Myers is going to be back. And I think that you can, I mean, if he, if we insert him into the class, I think he's another guy that's going to be in that same pack. You know, he yep. was there, he was there last year. It's hard to, it's hard to figure what one year removed from that, how that impacts a rider, but I can't imagine him any farther back than that. You know, like I, I don't, uh, I guess there was times last year where, you know, him and Stanfield ran around each other. They kind of reminded, um, you know, reminded me of each other, but I just can't imagine. Uh, I mean, that's another guy that's going to be in that pack. If we see Alan Myers return in 2022. Oh, for sure. Um, and you know, the only fact there is, is how, you know, taking the year off, he didn't really take the year off per se because he's been riding. So he has yep. a stalker and yep. he's, it's not like he did a, you know, went to the beach for a year. So right. he, he's still uh, very active and he's still in shape. So he still works out every day. So I think that'll be awesome to see what team he's riding for, who he's under, who's supporting yeah. him. That's a whole nother story. I don't know anything about, but that's going to be cool to see too. Just something something different and just having another pro rider back that we've had previous years. It'll be awesome to see for him and really good for him too. He's a, he's a kid that deserves it. Yeah. Like I do hope that he gets a, a good opportunity. Um, because, you know, it's well-documented that he's sitting this season out for family purposes and, and stuff like that, because that took precedent over, you know, forcing himself out onto the racetrack. So that's a kid that, uh, is very easy to cheer for. Maybe, maybe Nick Janusa ish, like maybe, maybe that's where I see him, you know, kind of stacking up. So, uh, be, be very fun to watch. Um, so I watched, and we've touched on the, the 2014 Briarcliff race a few times. So I watched that, that video, uh, that you would have put together. I watched it yesterday. Uh, what do you remember from, from that weekend, um, kind of finishing up here? Because I remember that track just creating a bunch of really great racing. And I'm sure that, uh, that's probably what we can expect, uh, next weekend when we get out to Briarcliff. Um, you know, the owner's a quad guy, so I'm yep. sure he'll put in some split lines, some inside rollers, stuff like that. So he already knows what to expect and how to make the battles interesting. I think the biggest thing with the hard pack track is you can kind of point and shoot more. So you're always going to have a better battles that way. You know, you know, there's not these other rough terrain obstacles where someone can slide out, slip out in the mud type of sure. deal. Yep. Um, it's a very fast track when we were there. Again, it's completely different, apparently. So... We'll see how that is, you know, how everything's laid out, if it's tighter in the middle or if it's faster on the outsides. And uh, mm -hmm. honestly, I think it's just going to be a very exciting race all around. Well, and, and you have to figure, and again, we have him coming up on the show, but Jeremy has been waiting seven years for this opportunity. So between the track, the experience, the whole deal, the four days there is going, he's going to make it so that everybody has a ball. And I, I think that it's probably a great way to end the 2021 season. It's probably a great facility to go to for the last race. Uh, I love the fact that we're going to ATV like friendly, uh, yes. owned by ATV. People. Like I, <laughs> I love that. Like, well, I, I, I'm not, of the camp, not of the thinking that we need to go to the biggest name racetracks, go to ATV friendly, ATV specific, ATV yeah. owned racetracks. Like I love that. There's some tracks that we go to. And I, I mean, I question it. I'm like, why are we here? Yeah. yeah. Like, honestly, well, it doesn't feel like 
they want us here. Well, there's and, certainly, and I don't want to name any of them, but there's certainly tracks that we went to in the past that they don't want us there. Like they're not ATV people. ATVs never touch the track unless it's an ATV national weekend. And I just, I I'd rather go to tracks that are maybe not as well known, but that want to have us like yeah. Jeremy has told me off record, like this is his Super Bowl. He's going to give us the best the best possible event. And that's what we should want as, as ATV national goers. Yeah. I mean, just so everyone knows that Jeremy rides himself. So this would be an event we really, you know, we really put in the time and support and help kind of get friends and family to come and visit and just see this last finale. That's going to be obviously great battles. And then we're going to a guy that races ATVs himself. We're going to his track. Like this should be the track of anything that we support the most at all the tracks we go, just because it's one of our team. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a guy that I think deserves this opportunity. And I think he's going to knock it out of the park. So uh, excited to get over there, excited to hear from him too. Um, uh, hopefully he can kind of let us know what, uh, what to expect this weekend, all the cool stuff that they have planned and everything else. So just so stoked that they got the opportunity uh, gloop. So give us a podium prediction who you got. Briar Cliff. We just talked about the track. We talked about all the riders. We talked about the storylines. Give me a podium prediction um, for for Briar Cliff. Uh, not in any order, and I'm just going to throw it out there. Okay. Uh, Joel Hogrestrelli. Um, oh wow! <laughs> here's why I'm saying that. I think Chad's going to play it as safe as he can. Okay. So he doesn't care if he's going to get you know maybe not on that podium, but he's worried about that championship. Now, if that, that throws a huge wrench into things gloop, because if Chad were to not be on the podium, then there's more points up for grabbed. And then that might change everything for whether it's the battle for third battle for fifth, that yep. would change literally everything. Yep. And I mean, obviously I just want to see good battles and me too. I yeah. want to see, I want to have something to make a great TV show off of and you know, all the, all the negativity in the years past. I don't like to watch the TV shows. Well, sorry, but <laughs> I try, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but I try to make those things interesting, but only so much happens in these previous years in these races that you can even show. Mm-hmm. So again, with those three, three through six, and then with uh, Chad probably staying Mr. Consistent, not trying to make mm-hmm. any mistakes, get tangled with anyone, get stuck in a whole shot, uh, first turn crash, any of that stuff. So I think, I just think it's really going to be a very exciting race. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, if I was going to predict the podium, so I think that I think that Joel wins. Uh, I think that Chad will. I think the safest thing for Chad to do is probably finish second. Uh, maybe you know, kind of by himself, so he's not racing anybody too tight. Uh, that's probably the safest place for him, aside from winning. And then uh, I think I just have this feeling about Brandon Hogue. Like I feel like he's got a bad taste in his mouth with what happened at Loretta's. Casey said he was overtrained. I know he's not happy with that. And uh, and I just feel like I mean he's been riding at Briarcliff. I feel like he does good on hard pack tracks. So it's probably in my mind it's some battle between uh, Brandon and Jeffrey. Um, but oh, I don't know. Like one of those two guys, maybe I lean Brandon. But yeah, maybe 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 Chad Lee leaves a spot open and then those are the two podium guys like you said it'll be fun to watch yeah it's going to be exciting um yeah and like you said hogue you know we've seen we see how hogue posts on his social media is always very hard on himself and it, i mean he's going to push it this last round this is like all or nothing for him so i, I mean it's going to be really exciting uh, all around and and i think he shines on hard pack too you know we've mm-hmm. seen at unadilla yeah. and he did very good uh is it, it 
we didn't go there last year, right? So it has been two years. Mm-hmm. It has. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They all yep. they all blend together. But yeah. <laughs> was it two years ago that he was up up there, like really yeah. up there? Yeah. Yep. I okay. think so. Yep. Yeah. So yep. that it's going to be exciting, and I mean, I encourage everyone that's listening to this, like, tell grandma, grandpa, friends, family, like, this is the one that you guys should be supporting and going to. And Jeremy has uh, with the pit quad race planned. Uh, I think a movie night. Yep. I think it's just going to be an all all around fun end of the year race slash celebration slash just fun. You know, like it's going to be a fun event. It's going to be awesome. And yeah, touching on Brandon there um, and like he got that podium earlier in the year at high point. I mean, again, hard pack tracks, that's, that's Brandon's, that's Brandon's thing. So he's going to be another rider to watch. Uh, so that day back in 2014, the last time the series went there, who's, uh, you know, who's like asking you who stood out? Uh, the answer was, was Ronnie Hagerson. Ronnie, uh, wasn't a top five rider at the time necessarily, but on that day, he got some good starts. He ran up front he finished fifth in a moto here and a strong sixth overall who could be a, a candidate to be a surprise like Ronnie was that day at Briarcliff. Um, as you think about it, I think maybe Stanfield, I think Stanfield would be a guy who could be, you know, maybe not necessarily a top five guy right now, but a guy that could find himself up there. We saw that last year at, um, at the Virginia round at Lake sugar tree, where he got some good starts. It's kind of a hard pack track. He put himself in good position, earned a top five, uh, top five overall spot there. I think Logan just seems like the guy that could be in for that breakout ride. He's been a right around that eighth place spot all year long, but man, if he could end the year, uh, kind of pushing up towards the top five, that would be a, a great thing for him. So, uh, what about you gloop? If I asked you that question, who could maybe surprise us and make that jump up towards the top five at the, at the finale? who would you who would you say i would absolutely say uh stanfield um like like sugar tree uh he, he was running was he running third third and fourth third and fourth at one point i think so I mean, he yeah. was up there and he was yeah. he, he didn't fade fast he stayed up there mm-hmm. um they they rode there last weekend yep so that that'll help a lot he knows what to expect mm-hmm. i don't know where they're at now but uh yeah and and it's still in to me, it's like it's one of those rounds where everyone's going to show what they have to keep the support they have. You know, like everyone's going to try to put it on the line and prove that they still deserve what they're, you know, d- deserve their positions of whatever it might be sponsors or family support or anything. Just I think it's really going to be, I mean, who knows? That's what I, that's how I think about this round. Exactly. I remember, I remember being in their shoes, uh, in every year you want to, you want to end it on a high note, right? Everybody wants to go out with a bang. So you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, lastly, as far as amateur racing goes, do you have anything you want to touch on as far as amateur racing goes before we get out of here? Uh, whether it's Briarcliff or 2021 as a whole, maybe, uh, like amateur rider of the year prediction or something like that. Uh, prediction. Oh, they always base it on championships, right? I think pretty much. Yeah. I, I mean, if we're doing like a most improved, like to me, Dane Molander, like th- insane. Yeah. yeah insane. I think so too. Like, that, that would have been my, that would have been my guy too. It's no offense to him or the family. And I've talked to uh, Don, his dad about it. It's like years ago that I ever think that you would be like, you, you went, he picked it up. Like he, he completely changed. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really cool to see being that he's a local rider to me and everything too. Obviously I pay a, play a favorite with that, but still, I mean, he, he's been, what is it? Pleasure Valley 
you know, race pro-am or is it pro sport? Or pro, pro, sport. pro sport. Pro sport. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that was cool to see. Like he was staying up there with those guys, you know? And then, and then comes out and wins red bud. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, it's been really impressive. And then, you know, we had him on the show a couple episodes ago following that red bud race, but talk about a great kid, like well-spoken, so respectful. Um, just a, a kid you want to see succeed. He would have been my pick too, but just a, a kid you want to cheer for, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of these guys, they had a, you know, a time where they, they mature and then, you know, they're not this little shithead that they were when they were little. <laughs> so right, there's exactly. a lot of guys, uh, not specifically Dane, but you know, kids in the past, I'm like, oh, I don't, this kid's kind of a, you know, he is what he is now it, to right. see someone just some of these amateurs mature in that way. And it's really just awesome to see. And it's also awesome to see like when people put in the hard work and actually something clicks where they, I guess they start caring a lot more or they start training a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really cool to see the results with a lot of these guys. Exactly. Like I said, that's a kid you uh, want to cheer for. And I think that we're going to see a lot of him in the, the years going forward. Awesome. Let's wrap on that note. Then gloop. This is uh, exactly why I wanted to do a preview show like this for the finale to go over all the storylines, kind of preview all the battles that I think we're going to see heading into Briarcliff. And uh, yeah, so this is, this is awesome. It lived up to, to my expectation and, and surely surpassed it. So gloop, I, uh, I, I just can't thank you enough um, for doing this, especially, like I said, on late notice, I think that you bring so much knowledge to these kind of conversations. So I can't truly, truly, I can't thank you enough for doing this, pal. Appreciate it. Not the most well-spoken, but at least I try to get out, you know, my, my opinions without, you know, making anyone too mad, but Hey, I like I, I, I know, I know there's always trying to thread that needle of not like offending anybody, which is not, that's never the MO of any of this stuff. Yeah, We're not trying to, not trying to slight anybody, but you bring, you know, a lot of these guys, so many yep. of these guys better than anybody. And I just really appreciate all the knowledge that you bring to us. I, I come away from all of these conversations every time we've had you on feeling like I, 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 I learned something and that it was just a, an awesome conversation. So I've come away from it feeling good about it. So I just can't thank you enough, pal. I appreciate it. You're the man. Thanks for everything. We have to thank Rocky Mountain ATVMC. Click that banner on our website to get your parts, gear, and what have you, and to help us out. Thanks again to Gloop Mayhe. You already know what to do. Be sure to follow the, the Rip It Up Films page, the series pages, for all the video coverage of The Last Hurrah of 2021. And thanks again, Gloop. Thanks so much. I, uh, I, I, I'm more stoked than ever for the, the championship weekend that's ahead. So I just can't thank you enough for previewing it with us. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And uh, one shameless plug, I think, you know, we talked about Jeremy's a quad guy and he's a, you know, we're supporting a quad track. Yep. Uh, Decker training facility next year, guys, let's support that. Where else are you going to go and be welcome as an ATV rider and just not feel out of place. So I think that, uh, you know, once it starts picking up with these, the ATV community, I think that we all should be supporting that, that track and year round. So shameless plug but yeah i wanted to talk about that the the decker training facility is the place to be uh in the off season that's the place to be for atv people probably anybody in general but to have an atv centric facility like that is the place to be so yeah we we absolutely have to step up and support it gloop thanks so much thanks for uh that extra plug there and uh just thanks so much for being here with us pal i can't look can't uh really can't wait and look forward to doing it again sometime soon I appreciate you uh, taking the time to reach out to me and thank you for having me on the show. Thanks, pal. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. 
And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST tires. Are you... CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off. And today, you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, short course off-road trucks, UTVs, snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA world champion Clay Milliken. 
No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID in their range of championship winning chains. Powered by technology, DID chains are designed to give you the greatest strength to weight ratio, making them the optimal chain for racing and giving you a championship level edge. DID has been driving championship winning race programs since 1933, chosen by champions such as Chad Wienan, Joel Hetrick, and myself, Cody Jansen. Champion above the rest is DID's 520 ATV2 chain, with those same design principles and materials being used throughout their entire line of products, including their on-road category as well. Pick up a DID chain today at your local dealer or reputable online e-tailer. DID what drives you. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, Visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. All right, guys, stoked to talk to this next guest, and I'm stoked for him in general. Brought to you by our friends at DP Brakes, the first, the best, the leader in centered brake technology. Mm-hmm. DP is a worldwide supplier of industry-leading brakes and clutches for your motorcycle, scooter, snowmobile, or mountain bike. Available at www dp-brakes.com or at your local dealer. The ATV Motocross National Championship is headed to Briarcliff for the first time since 2014. And it's my honor to introduce the owner of Briarcliff himself, Mr. Jeremy Osborne. Sir, welcome to Digging Deep and congrats to Briarcliff. Congrats to you and your family on Briarcliff making its triumphant return to the national schedule. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. Um, it, it, it's, I don't know. It's just awesome to be a part of it and to be welcomed back and to give us another chance to, to prove we can, we can pull our own weight as far as uh, being a promoter in the series. Yeah. So Jeremy, so stoked to have you here with us. Seven long years is what you kind of hinted at there. Seven long years, but Briarcliff is back on the national schedule. What does this mean to you and your family? It means a lot. I mean, we, Obviously, I've been uh, with my daughter racing, with Kenzie racing. We've been contesting the series here since 2018, running pretty much every round. Um, so it's kind of cool to to be able to get the race back 
And for her to experience uh, truly a home race, I mean, she lives 800 feet from the track. So it's pretty awesome. And I've been riding and racing a long time. And it's a, it's a, it's a race that's kind of near and dear to my heart. So it's, it's it really is. cool. It's just really cool. Right. Yeah. Of course it is. Uh, and I've always said this, I know that I, I'm pretty sure that this is a conversation you and I have had, um, you know, in person with each other, but something I kind of wanted to touch on. And, and I've always said, you know, going to the iconic big name tracks is, is all fine and good, but, um, what's much more important and meaningful to me is racing at ATV friendly tracks that are truly happy to have us. Well, you guys, like you just said, are ATV people, you and your daughter both race the series. So I love the fact that we're going to what is truly uh, a track owned by an ATV family. I, I love that thought. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. You, you can kind of tell places we've gone, uh, the places that really want you there. Mm -hmm. And it definitely helps knowing that promoters, uh, care about you coming in. They welcome you in uh, a good example is, uh, Jeff Cernix at pleasure Valley. He wants us there. There's no doubt. And there are other tracks that want us there, but he stands out in my mind as, as when you come in, he welcomes you in. And he wants you there. And it, it, it helps. It helps the whole mindset for the weekend, knowing you're welcome there. Exactly. So it, I think that helps us, Briarcliff, um, in terms of, you know, we want the racers to come. It's mm -hmm. important to us. Of course. So. Yeah. As a, as a racer, as a rider, as an athlete, as a, you know, as ATV motocross enthusiasts, when you go to tracks where you get that vibe that they are truly grateful to have you there, uh, it changes the whole experience as a, again, as an ATV rider, racer, family, whatever. Uh, so, so for the last seven years, when you went to these, you know, ATV national events after hosting your first one, have you like, you know, kind of like seemed like, like acted like a sponge and tried to soak in, you know, kind of like what each promoter does as you go to these tracks. Talk about that a little bit. Oh yeah. And, uh, that's, that's kind of been my little advantage to being last, uh, especially this year. Okay. I've really taken notes and pictures and I stopped short of bringing the, the measuring wheel, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, I really kind of looked at how each track did staging and not that I thought we didn't do it right, but I just, yeah, I, I really paid attention this year more than anything. So uh, yeah, you, you start to pick up on little things that Sometimes racers wouldn't even notice. Uh, oh, of course, of course, was, you look at was, you look at things differently than I do. You know, as a promoter, um, you're paying attention to way more stuff with everything that goes on at a racetrack than I am as a racer. Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, I, you know, there's you, you, you'll probably notice things that you're like, oh, they're doing that like Sunset, or okay. they're doing this like Redbud. You know, it. We we are we paid attention. Um, yeah, there was, I mean, we, we're in a, a pretty good position, I think, because we've, we've seen, what is it? Eight rounds for amateurs so far, uh, yeah. up to this point. And I've seen kind of the, the good and the bad. And we, I, I'm able, almost able to learn from the mistakes they may have made inadvertently or by accident or who knows, but so it's, it, it 
I'm pretty lucky there that I'm able to get that experience alongside watching my daughter race. Of course. And I know that you've been, you know, really waiting for this opportunity. So I, I know that you want to make uh, sure that all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. So that makes sense to me for sure. Uh, tell me about that 2014 event. I know, um, you know, you had told me, like I just hinted at that you had learned some things uh, maybe in that experience and obviously the time since then that you knew you would do a little differently this time around. What can you tell me about that? Well, in 2014, that was the first year we, we ran that event and an area qualifier for the Loretta Lynn program. So, you know, looking back, we were somewhat green to running the bigger races, uh, and since then, we've ran, I think, five or six area qualifiers, and we ran a regional this year for, for MX Sports. Okay. Every time you run a race, um, whether you're racing or promoting, you learn something. Mm -hmm. If you don't learn something, you're not paying attention. Right. Um, in 2014, we learned uh, the track can get fast. And, and the riders are going to push the envelope and, and that's not a derogatory thing. That's a fact. Mm -hmm. So us redesigning the track and, and looking at um, ways to make it flow safely. Um, we're going to try to slow it down some, even from the weekend practice we just had, we're, we're bringing in some more mulch and sawdust and sand and we're going to mix it in and try to keep it loamier Okay. So it doesn't pack in and dust up quite as bad. Okay. So track design, track prep, um, and just organizational stuff, stuff you pick up over the years, mm -hmm. um, just ways to organize the racers. So it, it, the, the weekend flows and yeah. it seems like an event not just the race for points. Sure. And that makes sense to me. Uh, you're kind of hinting at, I know that, uh, that, you know, there was some, some accidents and injuries and stuff that happened, uh, mm -hmm. you know, years ago when we came to your track in 2014 there, it really seemed like to me though, from the outside looking in or, and I was racing at the time I was racing the pro class at the time, but it just seemed like, like all the stars aligned in the worst way. And things, <laughs> things just happen. I mean, yeah. that's how I evaluated it. Um, I didn't think, I mean, the track seemed totally safe to me. I loved my time on the track. I had a blast. It was mm -hmm. the first time that I had ever been there. It just seemed like, like it was by chance almost that things just went the way they did. I didn't think that it was a representation of your track or the way you hosted us or anything like that. I, I think some of that's true. It, it was like just a, it seemed like uh, the world was just kind of crumbling a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I know because I do the uh, accident report for most of the area qualifiers we've had. Okay. In those five or six qualifiers, I'm almost sure uh, we have not had, if you add them all together, mm -hmm. you, we, we, we had more uh, medical runs on that ATV national than we did all the AQs. Um, so it was just odd. I mean, it, it seems like that's, that's a, that's an ex extraordinary amount of runs. So mm -hmm. yeah. probably a combination of everything. It's yeah. just kind of the way it went. Exactly. I, it wasn't something I necessarily planned on touching on, but I thought it was worth saying that, uh, I just, I think it was just, again, it was like a, a terrible combo, but it all just 
uh, just aligned that way. It wasn't anything that, that you guys did or anything that could have been controlled, um, anywhere else. It was like an anomaly. And over the course of the last couple of years, Jeremy, you and I have uh, come to know each other a little bit from podcasts up to just being at the races and following you and your daughter, all, all that stuff. Uh, but even dating back before that, um, I wanted Briarcliff back on the schedule. That's something that I, that my family and I, and, and I had had a number of conversations with people out there in your area that I wanted to see Briarcliff back on the schedule, knowing that you guys were ATV people. Um, but also that, you know, I thought that, that your track was a blast back then. I know it's a little bit different now, but still the, the dirt, the obstacles, the location, uh, it's simply perfect for ATVs. That's how I've always thought about Briarcliff. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the the track that weekend in 14. I actually raced the, one of the vet classes. Um, okay. Tried to. I was so beat down and tired, I just kind of rode around. But um, And that's another advantage I think I have is I ride my track. Um, that helps tremendously to know and feel what the riders are, are seeing and feeling when they're racing and riding. Mm -hmm. um the track's totally redesigned from 14 it actually is almost 90 percent reversed okay from that uh that track and the only part that is remotely the same as the the triple jump in the center um the starts moved um so it's been a kind of a challenge this year to get it dialed in, but uh, I think we're getting pretty close. I, I'm I'm pretty happy with it here. The last couple of times I've raced it, man, uh, the videos I've seen make it look incredible. Um, and kind of touching on the Ohio area there, that's a hotbed for for ATVs. A lot of ATVs in the in the Ohio area over by you guys, so it makes perfect sense to have a race over there. Uh, I've always thought that it feels like the, the series should always have a race in Ohio, just with the ATV presence over there. In fact, you guys, uh, had an open practice this past weekend and a bunch of guys came out for that, right? Oh yeah. We had a, we had quite a few, I, at one point in one of the practice sessions, we did kind of a, a pro-am a level practice. And, okay. uh, and then we had like a BC level, big quad practice group. And okay. at one point, I think I counted about 11, current or past national champions in that group. Wow. Um, there's some really fast guys uh, right off the top of my uh, tip of my tongue. I'm thinking Bryce Ford, Cody Ford, Zach Decker, Dane Molander, um, some fast 250 kids, Joey Norris, Noah Arnall, uh, Mason Jackson, wow. um, Mason's uh, sister, Natalie, my daughter, mm -hmm. um, you're just a bunch of you know, some fast vet guys, Brian Jenkins, Troy Mercer. Sure. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but there, there was a, a really good sample of ATV motocross here well, last that, weekend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. A lot of, lot of notable names there. Uh, can you give us any insight for, for digging deep ATV MX fantasy purposes, any riders that uh, were looking extra quick out um, there? I'm sure, I'm sure the, the Ford man, brothers and some of those guys, yeah. for sure. any insight there? Um, I'm absolutely terrible at fantasy, uh, <laughs> but my gut, just based on some of the pros I've seen ride, um, this year, not necessarily over the last weekend. Okay. Uh, Joel's been here. He looks really fast. Brandon Hogue 
And of course, I think we know this is kind of a Hogue style track. It is. Yes. Hoagie looks great. And actually, this is where he unveiled, he, he got his surprise Yamaha was mm. coming here to ride. And okay. Timmy pulled, pulled it out of the van. And, and I was actually there when he got to see it for the first time. So, oh, wow. He, he looked good on it right off the rip. Mm-hmm. I mean, he like lap one, he looked at home on it. So, okay. I wouldn't bet against Brandon Hogue here. Um, you, know, you know what? He's yeah. one of the guys. And obviously we know that Joel is, I'm sure he's going to want to go out with a win and, and all that stuff. But, uh, but Brandon is a guy that I have circled as somebody to watch, because like you said, that's a very Brandon Hogue style racetrack. Um, and I just have this gut feeling that it could be his weekend. I know, uh, he's a little, he's a little irked by Casey saying that he was overtrained on the last episode. And obviously he doesn't feel mm-hmm. good about the way that, that, um, that, that first moto went down at Loretta's or I guess either of them where he got yeah. the whole shot and had to deal with some things there. So I think he's going to be a guy to watch, uh, for sure. Um, talking about the, the national weekend upcoming, then I know you got all kinds of exciting activities planned, uh, fill us in on some of that. Oh man, there's so much stuff. I had to write it down okay. so I didn't forget some of it. Perfect. Um, but on Friday, uh, some point during practice, I think about 1130 is what I got penciled in for now. We're going to do a, we've done these in the past for other, uh, friends we've lost or, or fallen riders. Uh, we're going to do a, a memorial lap for Michelle Jenkins. Uh, we, we're putting up like a, a new flagpole, a 60 foot tall flagpole, a, a flag, a big flag. And we're going to do a little memorial stainless steel thing to her memory and we're going to do a we do like a sing we've done this in the past with other riders we're going to do like a single file lap around okay. the track to kind of christen that or, or whatever um yeah. okay and uh brian's been helping us with everything approving everything so it i think it's the right thing to do considering this is probably the most home base track she had for sure yeah definitely um, that's that's special um i know this is kind of uh tying a bow on a season that we saw a lot of special things in michelle's memory which is very special um that sounds awesome i'll let you continue to go on with your list but i uh, just wanted to give you some credit there that's that's really really cool of you oh thank you um it, it's deserving i, it I actually raced with michelle here and there and fierce competitor doesn't even touch it she, no you're, she you're was right. you're right an awesome person so yeah um moving on with friday night we're gonna have movie night i think a lot of people have heard about this but we had uh we got a hold of Derek getter mm-hmm. with uh who made the butter two movie yep and he graciously sent us some copies of butter one and butter two okay and we got thomas joel chad Cody and Bryce to all sign copies of those. Okay. And so we're going to do some, some games. I think we're going to do some extreme cornhole tossing type games, uh, Friday night for the kids to win autographed copies of the video. Okay. And then, uh, Debbie's going to bring up the popcorn machine and we're going to play the movie out in the center deck area. We got a big inflatable screen. Okay. We're going to play the movie for the kids Friday night. Um, that should be awesome. And then, Saturday, we got pit quad racing and fireworks at night. 
and we're going to do uh, a WMX autograph signing right before Promoto 1. Okay. Um, that's something I feel like WMX doesn't get the credit they deserve. Yep. Um, we're going to put them next to the, the tunnel entrance that we've installed and people passing by to get ready for Promoto 1. If they want to stop and say, hey, grab an autograph. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's something that we've touched on a little bit on uh, previous episodes here. So that sounds incredible. How cool uh, of a deal is that for those those women's riders there, WMX class? Um, deserved credit for sure. So that's awesome. And not to completely let a cat out of the bag, okay. but on the event shirts, um, we will not feature just one rider uh, or even Sometimes they've done two pros on a shirt. Yep. We've actually reached out to Moto Tees, and we will have a pro rider on shirts, but we'll also have uh, a couple select colors where we're going to feature two WMX riders as well. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, how cool is that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's super exciting. Yeah. I think that that's a push that people have been making all season long is to, to give a little more, um, little more, yeah. uh, I guess credit isn't the, isn't the word, but, uh, showcase the WMX riders a little bit, you know, those are our top, uh, female racers in ATV motocross. So that's awesome <laughs> to hear. That's, that's a great opportunity for them. Yeah. I thought it was a neat idea. It is. Um, I've been talking, I've been talking to them a little bit the last few rounds and, we had to get it approved, but okay. Uh, ultimately, they thought if I I felt like it would be a good idea, they were going to let me run with it. So we're we'll see how it goes, but uh, I think it's awesome. I love uh, to hear that. I love to hear that. You know, I I, I think we should include more riders uh, on down, not just pro guys, and, mm-hmm. and maybe like even eventually maybe even a, a standout pro am kid or pro mm-hmm. sport. I mean. Yep. It, it, it really, it really, uh, I think it's just a neat experience to, to, to have at an event. So, so I've always thought, and with you, you know, you're a little more connected to the, the female side of things, obviously with your daughter, you know, being mm-hmm. an up and coming, uh, you know, young female racer and stuff, but I've always thought that it's cool when, uh, track, uh, does something special. And I guess in the past it's been, you know, for a rider from that area or whatever. And like you said, it doesn't necessarily have to be a pro, uh, for you to have that connection to the female side of things and, and doing something special for that again is, is awesome. So I'd love to hear that. Uh, is there any other, uh, special things going on that we need to touch on? I mean, you made a list. You're clearly, you're clearly making, yeah you're making it an experience. Like you kind of said, not just a, right. not just a points paying I, race, which is awesome. I coined a, a phrase with some of our local promoting group here in Ohio years ago, that it's an event, not just a race. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the mantra or the, the, what we're driving at here is we're trying to add little things. Now, don't get me wrong. The track comes first. The racing comes first. The program comes first. Yep. But if we can do that and hit all these other little bullet points, now you have an event. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other things outside of the, what I listed is we're still having the, the two-stroke vintage class, okay. the four-stroke hybrid class. We'll probably uh, stagger those more than likely. Okay. Um, I think that's kind of neat because I come from that era. Yes. <laughs> I, yep. I raced those yep. actually up until – I got a Yamaha in like 2015 or something. And I, I, I raced hybrids clear to 
I actually raced a hybrid in the last national. Okay. Uh, a, a Walsh CRF 450, an old school 250R style one. So sure. I, I think it's neat. I think it's neat to include those guys and, and showcase some history at, at the same time. So. It is. So this is new, uh, this four-stroke hybrid class. Tell us about that. Like, what are the rules? Um, does it have to be well, certain year? I mean, tell me about that. Yeah, not not too many rules. We, okay. we want to keep it a, as non-production as we can. But, meaning you, but, you, but no you, can't, you can't run a new right. style hybrid, right? Right, right. Yes, yeah. that, that, that's the point is yeah. I think the, the, the first rule I put out there to kind of head that off was no fuel injection. Okay. That, that'll limit it somewhat there because I of think they, they fuel injected start about 08, 09. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, it's, it's uh, no production based frames, no TRX frames, no YFZ frames. Okay. This is more of the older stuff, the 400EX frames, the, the 250R style frames, the Walsh, mm-hmm. the older stuff. Yeah. Um, we don't want somebody coming in there with a, like I've seen some of the TRX chassis that have a, a 330 250R engine in them. I, there's so many advances in that newer style chassis that it, it just wouldn't mm-hmm. be fair. Right. Um, I knew I could picture it but I wanted you to be able to tell our listeners, uh, I guess what this class was, cause this might be the first that some people are hearing of it. So, uh, wanted people to be able to prep for that if, if they're going to be there. Um, okay. So we got kind of the load on the event. You touched on this earlier, uh, in our conversation here, but you yourself have been racing all season long here uh, in the 40 plus class. <laughs> and I'm sure, uh, you know, when you're a promoter at an event this big, I'm sure it's pure craziness. I can't even imagine. Uh, but are you still going to find the time to line up in your 40 plus class i'm sure i hope so Uh, you said that you were spent at that first one but uh let me know are you going to be able to line up or is that not the plan not this time i am going to uh because i really want this thing to go and we're swinging for the fences i know you are um i am going to uh sideline myself to just being part of the the race promoting and and uh, the track crew this time Okay. Uh, I've ridden my track a lot, uh, and I've raced. I've raced more this year, I think, than I have in the last ten years. Okay. So I don't feel like I really want to race and need to race, and I want to be a promoter uh, first and foremost. This is my event, and I've actually even uh, got someone taking care of Kenzie this this weekend too, so I can really focus on issues and in in having just come off that uh that youth regional mm-hmm. and knowing that it's a similar experience as far as being a promoter yep there just isn't enough time for me to race it really and, isn't and that's what i was thinking i mean i assumed that um i didn't know what your answer was going to be but i knew that it would be uh, again, it would be crazy to try to do both. So, uh, that's why I wanted to ask you're dedicated, which is, which is awesome to hear. I, like I said, um, earlier, I, I know that you're trying to make this thing, everything that you want it to be. And that dedication on your part is, is obviously apparent. So you touched on Kinsey, your daughter, uh, who our listeners will recognize the recognize her name. Cause we've been trying to cover her a little bit here and there throughout the season. Uh, she looks like the next big thing on the female side of ATB racing back-to-back national champ 
championships and the schoolgirl class, right? And and she's in the mix for the yep. the women's fifteen yeah. plus title as well, right? Well, she she needs a little help there. Uh, okay. Madison, I think, got it almost locked up. I think Madison just has to show up and score. Uh, a few points or maybe she does have it locked up and I'm reading, okay. I'm looking at it wrong, but Kenzie's okay. uh, solidly in second. She, uh, she had some opportunities this year to kind of play spoiler on a 250 in that class. And uh, okay. she won at least, I think three of the Saturdays. And then we had issues on Sunday and she would end up second to Madison. Um, but she's done real well. Yeah, she's she's I mean, been she, she's been awesome all year yeah. long. Um, so yeah. how awesome has it been to have that women's fifteen plus class in there as well? I feel like that's an awesome bridge class for uh, for a girl like Kinsey. I think two things. I th- think that class is an awesome stepping stone to WMX. It yep. gives the girls kind of a I want to call it a safe haven, but a a place for them to race. You know, Madison's fast. She's a top three WMX lady. And so you get a race against them and some of the the regular gals and uh, it kind of gives them a taste of, okay, well, when we go to race Madison and Andrea and, and, and Shaw next year, this is what we're up against. So um, it's really good. I I tell you another thing that I've read or listened out of other podcasts that I think you and Casey have touched on is the girls on these 250s now being able to run like the TRX chassis or the LTR chassis with a 250 motor in it. Now they're ready for that platform when we put the 450 in it. Exactly. And I think that has allowed Kinsey to really learn at, at a, a higher level faster. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's really putting it together pretty quickly. Absolutely. It's setting these girls up for success. Like we've seen, uh, kind of in the two fifty classes with the boys, um, and then seeing how successful they can be right when they get to the big class, because they're used to that chassis. They're used to those bigger machines and everything. Uh, it makes so much sense. Yes. The, the fifth, the women's 15 plus class seems like a, a great opportunity for growth for these young girls. And it also gives, them like a, another class to race. I mean, they were like pretty limited before where you'd right. you know, even, even when you got to the women's class, you'd be racing the women's class or what's called WMX now. And then you'd have to run the B class or the C class or whatever. Um, just an awesome opportunity uh, for those girls. I love that they've brought that 15 plus class in there and Kinsey will go to the WMX class next year, I'm assuming. And then she'll still be able yeah. to race women's 15 plus and WMX. Correct, because the the only stipulation there, I believe, is uh, WM. You cannot be a past champion in WMX right. and run women's open. So yep. she'll be able to run both and uh, gain experience in WMX. And I I think maybe if she gets a podium or two next year and learns a lot, that'll be a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, women's open, obviously, moving on to the 450. If we can transition quickly, I I think she's a threat to win that class. Uh, we'll just, you know, but it's why you're on the races to see how they go. So we'll see what happens. Right. She does. Um, she does look like, you know, like I said, one of the next big things and, 
in women's ATV racing. So that's going to be really awesome to, to follow her growth in the years to come. Uh, she's put together, uh, last year was really good in the schoolgirl class. She's been really good this year in both of those classes. And, and she seems like she's improving as a rider every year, which is fun to see. And having the finale at your home track literally mm-hmm. has to twist the odds in her favor, uh, at least a little bit at Briarcliff. So we're always cheering for her and, and Jeremy, man, I, I'm so stoked that you guys have earned another crack at this thing. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. You said you're swinging for the fences, but there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to knock this thing out of the park. I hope so. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like being a racer. You got to have luck. You got to have finances. You, you got to have, you got to have some knowledge. Um, it, it's really kind of oddly similar to being a racer, being a promoter. You got to have all these things go your way. And uh, hopefully the stars will align because I know we, we've put in the time, we've put in the work, we've put in the thought, um, we've, we've practiced our craft. Uh, we ran more races this year than we've ever ran in a year. Um, I, I think we're ready. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. And what I sense from this conversation is how much this means to you. You kind of said it to us already, but just to know that uh, ATV national means this much to you and your family. I think that uh, that's going to stick with, you know, obviously me, but all of our listeners, when they go to the event and enjoy it and everything, they're going to know that you're rolling out the red carpet for uh, the ATV nationals, which is awesome. And we're grateful that uh, we're going to attract with a promoter uh, like you, Jeremy. So that's awesome. Do you have any last words for, for racers and families as they head to Briarcliff for the final <coughs> chapter of the 2021 season? Yeah, I, I wrote something down here. I, I think they ought to come in with an open mind and have fun. Um, Cause that's really what this is all about. That's what I we mean, do. I, I know people get bogged down in points and got to win and, you know, got to look good, but you got to enjoy it too. Um, this event is meant to be enjoyed. Take it in. Um, don't, uh, don't, you know, these things don't seem like they come around very often. So, uh, we don't know if we'll get another one next year. It's not been discussed. Uh, we don't know if we'll get one two years from now. So, um, this is, as you've said before, this is our Super Bowl. So enjoy it. It's awesome. You're exactly right. That's what we, that's why we do this. We, we do it because we love it. We do it to have some fun and, uh, it's the last hurrah of 2021. So, so I think that, um, people should be able to enjoy it yeah. and cherish it that much more because it's, because it is the last one. Uh, you're the man, Jeremy, congrats again on obviously this opportunity. Um, obviously I, I would assume that it increases your odds to get another one, get, you know, more going into the future. If uh, you guys are able to knock this out of the park, park, like I assume is going to happen here. So good luck with everything and uh, looking forward to a stellar weekend in Nashport, Ohio. Thanks a lot, Cody. We'll, uh, we'll do the best we can. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, Jeremy. That's Jeremy Osborne, owner of Briarcliff himself, brought to you by DP Breaks, available at your local dealer or www.dp-breaks.com. Jeremy, thanks again, buddy. Briarcliff, here we come. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. 
With over 25 years of elite level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed the client's expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at Manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back -back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com, purchase at your local dealer, or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Brakes. 15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team, providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rastrelli riding with Factory 43's industry-leading products? Head over to factory43atv.com today. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes, and snowmobiles, Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs from hard parts to riding gear. 
Bike Strikes and Quads also offers hard to find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler, or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leaving that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, guys, this next guest is working to fill a major void in the world of motocross, brought to you by Namira Technologies. Check out Namira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits at namira.com. Say hello to Mike Danielli from Integrated Financial Concepts. Mike, welcome to the podcast, man. Cody, thank you very much for having me. And I, and while we're on the subject to thank you, thank you for everything you do for the sport between the show, the fantasy. It's awesome. So I just want to say uh, thank you for that. Oh, I appreciate that, Mike. Uh, so, so regular ATV motocross goers would recognize you because you've been a, a fixture at the racetrack with your buddy, Nick Janusa for years. Yeah, it's funny when you and I started talking at uh, at Redbud this year, we started having a conversation. We felt like we knew each other, but we've never met right. face to face before. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like a long distance thing. But yeah, I've been around the sport of ATV motocross since 2010. That was actually the first race that I went to with Nick. For those okay. of you who don't know or have never seen me before or seen Nick before, I'm normally within arm's reach of him, especially, <laughs> especially at the track. But uh, we've been best friends since the fourth grade. And the first race I ever went to was Loretta's in 2010. So, yeah, I've been around it for a little bit. And the opportunity came up over the course of the offseason to be a title sponsor of Nick's program, kind of doing with the stuff that we did with him personally. 
we thought it was a great opportunity on both ends. And uh, here we are today. Yeah, I'm excited to get into some of this stuff. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, I guess I, maybe I've never had this opportunity to say it on the podcast before. So Nick and I had raced each other for you know a lot of years in pro-am and in pro and whatever. Um, fierce competitor, right? The one thing I will say about Nick is he might be the most grateful rider that there is for what digging deep is doing for the sport. He's went out of his way. He's so pleasant to, to work with and, and podcast stuff. He's, uh, he's grateful. It seems like all, um, for all the coverage that we're doing for him and other guys and stuff. So I just wanted to, to take this opportunity. I know like your best buddies with him to just say, Nick is so grateful and so appreciative for what we do and that means the world to me. So I just wanted a chance to say that because uh, working with him for digging deep stuff has been awesome. Yeah, he's really, I would say, a great ambassador for the sport. I mean, we were just talking recently. I think it was actually at, at Redbud as well. Just having like a rough day and nothing goes according to plan, but still being there for the kids still showing up for the autograph signings and the same thing at Unadilla having a blow, having a blow up in the second moto, he still goes there and he still does that. And I tell him, I was like, man, I don't know how you do it. Cause if I was you, I'd be fuming. Just, just leave me alone. Lock me in the motor home. But like I said, kudos to him for doing what he, what he does. I would accredit him for being an awesome ambassador of the sport and looking forward to seeing what he does moving forward. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a pros pro. So integrated financial concepts, tell me more about it in the, the motocross friendly life insurance that you guys are pushing right now. Uh, this is something that so many of us probably know, um, has been basically unheard of until now this, this motocross friendly life insurance. Tell me about the whole spiel. So integrated financial concepts is our brick and mortar. The, the office you kind of see behind me or for the listeners who can't see it, the office that I'm sitting in right now okay. out, of, out of Red Bank, New Jersey. Um, we started title sponsoring Nick Janusa's racing program this year. And to kind of go back from the beginning, we launched this initiative called Safe to Race and Safe to Ride. So whether you race, whether you ride, this coverage is applicable to you. And kind of the catalyst of where it started in the beginning was a local, pretty well-known BMX rider who sustained a serious injury and pretty soon after that started to post stuff for crowdfunding to help offset the medical bills, loss of income, so on and so forth. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, with, with what we offer here with our life insurance with living benefits, and for the listener who doesn't know Pretty much what that means is it's life insurance. You don't have to pass away to use. And we'll get more into it. I'm sure we will throughout the duration of, the, of this interview here. But going through and talking about things like chronic illness or critical injury and critical illness, the big ones that I go through and I point out, God forbid, things like cancer, heart attack, stroke, or really in this application that we're talking about chronic illness. If for some reason you can't do two of the six listed activities of daily living, you can turn on your life insurance policy and use a better portion of that to take care of yourself while you're still living, to offset those medical bills, loss of income, so forth. So that's really where it started. And it started early last year. Nick approached me and was like, hey, you know, with this facility, with my own property, my own life, I'm looking to get coverage and I want to talk to you considering this is what you do for work. And I, I, 
I didn't have a clear answer for him because going through and meeting with the people that I meet with on a regular basis. And for those of you who don't know, when you go through and you fill out a life insurance application, there's a questionnaire that goes along with it. One of the questions that you have to answer, which is pretty much, as we talked about, the extreme sports questions. Mm -hmm. Do you participate in any type of racing, scuba diving, aerial sports, mountain climbing, base jumping? And it's a yes or no question. And, and that's typically, my, that's typically, Michael, where it all goes bad for me, <laughs> for yeah, most yeah. of us. <laughs> exactly. Because what are your options? You have, you have one of two things. You can lie and right. say that you don't do it when you really do. Or if you answer truthfully and say, yes, you run the risk of possibly not getting coverage. Or you just throw your hands up and say, look, I'm not going to get coverage. I race, I ride. <laughs> this, this is useless. Yeah, which is uh, for the listener who hasn't went through this, which is exactly what happened to me. I either I, I've either stopped when I got to that, knowing what was going to happen, uh, because previously to that, every time you had clicked, I had clicked yes, it was an automatic denial. So go on. Yeah. So we really worked pretty vigorously over the last year, myself, my managing directors, the underwriters all the way up through the company. And I said, what if we go through and if we answer this question, yes. Can we still provide coverage? And the short answer to that was yes. And not only are we gonna offer the coverage as a whole, we're also going to offer the living benefits. And it, at that point, my mind blew, blew apart. I was like, holy cow, everyone needs to know about this. Because if you're going to participate in these adverse risks or sports, you might as well have the proper coverage to go through and do so. Yes. So that's really what we're trying to go through, spread this message of safe to race, safe to ride um, in the industry and, and just kind of spread the awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so many, and I believe they say it even like in our, in our Saturday morning, um, you know, riders meeting or whatever, they talk about that. You should have life insurance. If you don't have insurance, you shouldn't be on the racetrack. Um, you're kind of filling some of that void. What makes you guys, I guess, able to do that when so many people can't, I mean, what, what makes you guys different? What's interesting about it. And it's a great question. I think it comes down to the company. Now I have the ability to go through and talk with any insurance company that's out there. Okay. I choose to talk about one company in particular, the National Life Group, because I believe, and it kind of shows on paper as well, that they do this concept the best. Now, for most of the listeners that's listening right now, you've probably never heard of the National Life Group, but it's so crazy because they're a 167-year-old company. But the big thing, what makes us different and probably why you've never heard of them, we don't have a stadium. We don't have a blimp. There is no commercial all that money that was spent or that could have been spent to do those things and to get our name out was reinvested back into the company and talking about these living benefits. And what makes it really unique is these living benefits are offered for both term policies and permanent policies or things like whole life or universal life or index or fixed universal life. The list goes on and on. We can get more in depth with that depending how far into the weeds we want to go. But that's that's the really big thing. And kind of the last thought I'll leave with that is there are other companies out there that do offer living benefits, but it's kind of like options on a car is a good analogy that I'll give, I'll give to the listener. If you want the car with the leather interior, the sunroof, the premium sound system, it takes the sticker price of that car and costs it to go up and up and up. 
-hmm. with what we're talking about here, this is what's offered on the base model policy when it comes to, like I said, talking about things like term or even permanent policies. Okay. So in person, you and I went over some of, of that stuff a little bit. Maybe this is the best time to do that. When it comes to the policies, we'll start off by talking about a term policy. Okay. A term policy to the listeners, uh, it's like car insurance. You pay for it and you hope you never have to use it. And as the name suggests, it covers you for a portion of your life. Typically, it's a 10-year, a 15-year, a 20-year, and a 30-year term. So for example, let's say if you're going through and you're paying $50 a month, hypothetically speaking, and you have $500,000 and it's a 20-year term and you got it at age 40, from 40 to 60, you're covered for $500,000. As soon as you turn 61, and if you don't convert it over, you have $0 of coverage. And additionally, on top of that, that money that you put into it over the course of those 20 years strictly went towards the cost of the insurance. Mm -hmm. Now, on the flip side of it, when we're going through and talking about those permanent style policies, the main thing what makes it different is you own it for life. It's never going to expire. And for this space in which we're going through and talking about, I mean, they, I'm trying to think of the, the youngest class of raisers. Was it four to eight fifties? Yeah. Four to six, four to eight, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So for those individuals and they're not going crazy fast, but if, if a parent is listening to the show and they want to provide coverage to their kids, they're not eligible for the term policies. You have to be above the age of 18. So that's where you're going to fall into this permanent style policy, which is good because the kids can use that as almost like a savings account because Going back to the same example, let's say you're using $50 a month and now let's say your coverage is $250,000. It's a little bit less and that's because of that guarantee that the insurance company has to pay out that benefit. But then also to on top of it, a portion of that $50 that you're spending on a month to month basis, a portion of it goes towards the cost of the insurance, a portion of it builds a tax-free cash value inside of it. So those are kind of like the two, I break it down into a T-chart for people when I go through and do it, but those are the two main types of policies that I talk about with people. Okay. Okay. Uh, and have you been able to pick up some clients already in our, you know, ATV motocross community? You've been, you know, pushing this thing since the off season, pretty much. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you been able to pick some people up in this space? Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I'm proud to say as of right now, because there's still stuff that's pending, we provide coverage to three of the top five pros right now. Oh, wow. There's a lot of stuff that's still pending with that. There are other people that we're trying to pick up along the way. Mm-hmm. But if you go through and look down the, the gate of the pros, there's 16 to 17 of them on a weekend. That's like, it, it's cool for us. A lot of those guys are my friends. So it's nice to provide that coverage and peace of mind to them, their spouse, their family. But the big thing that we're really trying to get involved with is the amateurs. And we're slowly starting to do that. Um, we've, we've gained a lot of traction with the Jersey giveaway that we're doing with Nick Janusa. And we can touch upon that a little bit later of how we're going through. All right, well, I'll kind of go, go into it really quick. To get entered for this giveaway, um, we're asking people to give us some basic information. And in addition to being entered for the giveaway, they're also getting a what we're referring to as a soft quote. So they can see what it's like to be safe to race or safe to ride. And we've gained a lot of traction with that. Um, We've also started to work with a lot of businesses uh, in the industry 
which is which has been pretty cool helping them do their business insurance, their payroll, their uh, employee benefits, their HR, a lot of the stuff that you would never think to pick up really at a motocross track. But in our umbrella or span of work that we cover with IFC, these are all the different things we have the capabilities to help people out with. Uh, that's so special. Uh, you know, you've been around it long enough to know that when a, a new uh, brand company, new people kind of come into a space, the industry kind of flocks to them and, you know, checks them out and will support this new, this new company that comes in. Um, if it's worth it, obviously what you guys are doing, because this, this life insurance thing, like I said, is kind of something that everybody struggles with. Everybody in this space has struggled to find, um, you know, to find companies that are willing to work with them. So to come into the space is awesome. That's why it was important to me to try to help you uh, gain more brand awareness in this space. Let listeners know that there's an option out there for life insurance that, like you said, you don't have to lie about, you don't have to risk, uh, you know, getting denied all these things. So, so that's why, um, I really wanted to get you on here for this conversation. So let's use, uh, use myself as an example, Michael, I have, um, life insurance right now, but I'm not necessarily happy with it. Um, I know I told you this in person, but it's more, you know, I pay monthly for this thing, but it's mostly catastrophic. Like the only way it's going to really help me out is if I'm in a catastrophic situation, um, you know, probably life or death stuff. We don't like to talk about, but life or death in the hospital for some time, that's what I'm working with right now. So I, I, maybe I'm not necessarily happy with it and I'm interested in possibly making the switch over to you guys. Uh, where do I start? kind of give me and give the listeners, I guess, a, a course of action, so to speak. Yeah, no, th- th- that's a really good, good point to bring up. And to kind of go back to it really quick, uh, again, thank you for having me on the show, because to go through and to spread the awareness like we've had, it's a little bit tough. I mean, I, the term flock to, I, I would love to see that at every race, but also <laughs> too, we're talking, we're talking about the worst case scenario that could happen, crashing. And in, in this case, severely crashing or life-threatening. It's not really a fun topic you want to have at the track. So to be able to go through on this platform to spread the message, like I said, thank you very much again for that. But the one thing, the one thing that we talked about at the racetrack, Mike was, um, was it's like, uh, how did you say it? It's something that you don't know you need until it's too late or until you truly need it. So this is really covering your ass. Like that's what this is. You know, it's, it's finding, uh, not finding yourself with your pants down basically. Pretty much. I think the analogy that I gave you is if we were standing outside your house and it was on fire and I offered you fire insurance and I was like, well, how much do you want? And you're going to say, well, give me as much as I can get because my whole house is on fire. You're not going to say, well, you know what? Give me just enough to cover the garage because that's where right. the important stuff is. Forget the rest of the house. Right. And, and that's really what we're trying to go through and do here is there are solutions that are out there and, and, and they've done great up until this point. But what really what we're trying to offer here is a proactive solution. Now, to get back to your other question of what's the call to action? How do we start this process? To be honest, j- just reach out to me and, and we can go through my, my contact information. But to sit down, we're offering free consultations to everyone in the ATV motocross space, whether it is to go over the life insurance with living benefits that we're talking about, whether it is to go over their own business policy, whatever it might be. We are here as a resource to you guys to be used free. You take up my time, please. I, I, I want to I sit down. I want to talk with you guys. 
but to go through, have the information readily accessible. If you have your policy binder, which kind of goes through and outlays what you have. And like I said, I work with all companies that's, that's out there. So as great as it would be to have riders covered under the national life or the safe to race umbrella, I'm not going to turn someone away from a policy or product they already have if it doesn't make sense to them. But for me to go through and to give the best response back, I need to kind of get into the weeds of it. So like I said, please feel free to reach out to us. We'll go through, we'll review it. And like I said, we're going to go through some, some personal or some deep information. But again, I, I, I love to speak in analogies. If for some reason you hurt your ankle at the race, for example, let's say that mm-hmm. they don't just rush you into surgery, put screws, put plates and stuff like that. No, they, they send you through an MRI. They send you to an x-ray. You talk about, does it make sense to do surgery or can it be fixed with rehab? That's really the process of what we're going to go through. I'm not going to say change what you got because it's not with me. I want to go through. I want to see what you have, see if it makes sense for the goals that you're trying to accomplish, your lifestyle, things like that, and, and really go from there and make a recommendation accordingly. Yeah, you're trying to find uh, policy and, and everything that goes along with that that fits the person. So that's um, that makes so much sense. And you're the kind of guy that that I want on my side when I'm looking for something like that. So uh, all sounds so great to me. Is there anything else that uh, that you want to touch on as far as that goes? Because I don't want to get too far into the weeds. I mean, those are, those are, uh, conversations that somebody can have directly with you, um, when they come to you, you know, to kind of get the ball rolling on this stuff. But is there anything else that you want to touch on as far as, um, integrated financial concepts goes? I mean, we, we touched upon a lot throughout the course of uh, this talk here. If anyone's curious in continuing the conversation, uh, I'll be with Nick at Ohio for the last round coming up here in the next couple of weeks, um, which I'm looking forward to, to seeing how he does, seeing hopefully some of you guys roll by there. But if not, feel free. You can, you can reach out to me via call, text. My cell phone number is 732-832-9828. Shoot us a DM, shoot us a follow on Instagram. It's uh, at integrated underscore financial underscore concepts. Or, and the last one, I promise, so it's, it's a long list, but probably the, the least amount of what people will use is you can reach out to me uh, at my email, which is my last name, Daniele, D-A-N-I-E-L-E underscore Michael at nlgroupmail.com. Awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, I think the timing really for this too, Mike is, is something that makes so much sense because as the, you know, how it goes, you've been around Nick long enough that it feels like you you're running on fumes by the time the, the end of the season comes. So in the off season, you're able to get all your ducks in a row. And, and I feel like that that's the perfect time for people to truly think about this, this great option of life insurance that you guys are, are pushing. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, TDR put up a post the other day, Tim Detling over there, and he was and he was like, "Hey, don't wait, like get going on your offseason builds now." And I was like, "That's such a great idea, like bring that up now, as opposed to at the banquet when everyone's trying to scramble and get stuff together." Right. The same the, the same thing with this, and you can kind of put them hand to hand. Get a jump start on your offseason builds with TDR. I'll shout him out, He's a great <laughs> guy. Or get started on your your safe to race coverage for next year because I know people are going to be riding over the winter whether it's at their own place or, or down south for their winter, the, the, the sooner the better. Like I said, this is something that I hope no one has to use, but God forbid they have it if it, if it was to happen. 
Exactly. You don't want to wait until it's too late. Uh, let's talk about Nick for a moment while I have you, because he's finally back in the top five in points. He's right where we've come to expect him to be right where he's been uh, each of the last six seasons previously to this one. Uh, but he's going to have to be on his game at Briarcliff to keep that spot because here comes red hot Max Linquist. He's only two points back now. It's going to make for an interesting fun finale for these guys. Absolutely. It's one I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Um, I, I was just with Nick earlier today. He's got that, uh, that fire in his belly or, or that eye of the tiger. He's got the, the tiger on his arm, which, which I know he's pretty close with, right. but he, he's, he's ready. He's fired up. I'm going to drop some gates for him over the weekend, get him ready to go and really looking forward to see him battling out with those guys. They're so close that third place spot, and I'm, we could talk about it till we're blue in the face and or mm-hmm. we're beating a dead horse at this point because we've talked about it all season long, or you, you in, in particular about that. But <laughs> right. Bryce, Nick, Jeffrey, Linquist, Hogue, what like all those? It's so deep and it's so exciting to me as a fan of the sport to go through and watch. And like I said, Nick's my guy. I'm going to pull from him at the end of the day, no matter what. Of course. But, but as a fan, the racing is just unbelievable and i'm so excited and and so, it sucks that the that the season's coming to an end i wish i wish it could be super cross and just keep going like another right. seven rounds or something right like that. right i know that awesome. that battle for top three battle for top five has been about as gnarly as it's ever been i mean there's been times where like nick's been the clear fourth guy and that's just kind of where he's found himself and every one of those races pushed for podium at times but this year um, I mean, you can't predict what's going to happen at these races. It, it's, it's gnarly. I mean, he was a uh, runner up at the opener. He grabbed the, the second podium of his career there at Daytona, uh, four, you know, top five finishes since then. But he, like I said, he's going to need to end the season with a bang to guarantee himself that top five spot that he's always been, uh, basically the way to break it down, um, is the guy that beats the other one between him and Max might very well be the guy that gets that top five spot. And I just can't imagine, I know Casey and I talked about this on the last episode, but I just can't imagine Nick not being in the top five. Like we've seen him there every single year. I just can't imagine it not happening, but, uh, it's, it's going to be settled on the racetrack. It's going to be exciting to see. It's absolutely going to be exciting to see. And now that I go through and I think about, about it, I don't think anyone kind of in that group with the exception of Jeffrey has been the Briarcliff since the series was there last time. And from what I'm, I've been told is it's really nothing like what it was the last right. time the series was there, which is even more exciting because that's truly whoever is the best on, on next Saturday. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's going to be awesome to say. I'm really looking forward to it. Exactly. Earlier in the, in the episode, we talked to Jeremy, the owner of the, the track over there. And yeah, he said that things are, are very different. Um, that, that, uh, that the track is that much better now having hosted that race seven years ago, that over the last seven years, they've been working to create a better and better and better racetrack for this ATB national. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, can't wait to see how it all goes down. Uh, Mike, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Uh, I love what you're doing. I know how badly we need it. Um, like I've said, I mean, I've been denied health insurance an array of times 
you know, as, as soon as they found out basically what I do. So I, I love it. You're filling a needed void, which is why I wanted to share this stuff with our listeners. So I can't thank you enough for joining us and, and glad that we could kind of play the role of help shouting you to the masses like you guys have been trying to do all season long. No, I, I appreciate it. And if anyone's given thank yous here, it's me for, for you having me on this show to, to share this time with your listeners, to get the, some good information out. And like I said, at, at the end of the day, this is my job. It's what I do for work, but I could care less about anything else besides providing safety and peace of mind to the riders, because it's something that myself integrated financial concepts believe is as pivotal of a, of a safety feature going forward with racing that I really could argue can go back to to the invention of the helmet. So we're really looking forward to this. I thank you again for your time and uh, look forward to possibly helping some people out here. Awesome, man. Thanks again. That's Mike Danielli with Integrated Financial Concepts brought to you by Namira Technologies. Visit namira.com for Pistons with an Attitude. Thanks again, Mike. Appreciate everything you're doing for the sport as a whole, pal. Appreciate it. Cool. Thank you very much, Cody. See you, pal. Man, are you psyched for the season finale now or what? I sure am. Great show tonight. Now I'll be able to sleep at night knowing that everyone knows all the storylines and battles to watch for at Briarcliff. Major thanks to tonight's guests, Gloop Mayhew of Rip It Up Films, Briarcliff's Jeremy Osborne, and Mike Danielli from Integrated Financial Concepts. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our newest donor, Holly Trimble and the Trimble family. You guys absolutely rock. A special shout out to the Ford and Stanfield families. Thanks to our sponsors, CSD Tires. Go to shop.csdtires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. You can find them all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back National Champ merch, and more are all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click that Buy Me a Coffee button. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to support our efforts. You can call our voicemail line anytime, 920-569-3519, and follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy Info, and more as we head to the season finale. Thanks so much to everyone playing ATV Fantasy. It's made this season an absolute blast. And a reminder one last time that lineups do not roll over, so head over to ATV Fantasy right now to select your team and lock it in up to one hour before Moto1 at Briarcliff, so 12.30 local time, Eastern time. As for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links, and discount codes, our new show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Guys, next time we talk, we'll be wrapping up the final round of 2021, and it'll be the off season. 
Where did the time go? But we sure appreciate you spending it with us. And with that, for Gloop Mayhe, Jeremy Osborne, Mike Danielli, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen. Thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV Racing, 2 million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us and digging deep with the stars of ATV Motocross. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking nice.